Drama City Productions presets. Access granted. Welcome nerd. Now loading. Now loading. Error. Virus detected. Ha ha ha. Error virus. Episode 39 loading horror mod. Joker news. Dark Phoenix trailer. Comics. Plus additional files. Load complete. This is Damon. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. We went full Joker, man. Yes. We got the stills. You never go full Joker, Damon. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> they went full Joker. Um, well, we actually got a little. We got a little teaser video mm. first um, from Warner Brothers, giving us our first look at Joaquin Phoenix in the Joker makeup. Yes. And then we got leaks. I don't think they were actually right. They weren't released. Yeah, it, it by was like them. like what a thirty second phone video. Well, yeah, I didn't even see that. I just saw the photos mm. first, um, and they're kind of you know gritty and not necessarily the best quality. So I'm assuming that it's someone you know watching them film that they you know went mm. ahead, but they leaked everywhere quickly. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, no. Uh, what was your thoughts on our first look of this like new Joker? You know, I. I didn't immediately, like, a lot of people I feel like immediately see this and think Heath Ledger's Joker, mostly just because it's the paint, and, you know, it's, like, drawn on more. I didn't feel that way with mm-hmm. the initial, like, teaser trailer that they, I guess it's not really a, even a trailer, I, I don't know if it's, like, a makeup test or something, but um, it's a very well done, like, high quality mm-hmm. makeup test if it is. But, yeah, I didn't get that at first. I almost felt like it was very, almost, like, traditional, like, clown makeup, almost like C- Cesar Romero's, like... You know, I was surprised by the choice that they made. Yeah, especially after, I mean, they, they show him having that makeup. It's right after they show the original pitch, pictures, which is him interacting with that clown that has the exact same makeup. Mm-hmm. And so, then the photos that got leaked, that definitely felt like it echoed like Heath mm-hmm. Ledger's like, makeup. Which I'm fine with. I don't have an issue with it. It has more color around the eyes and stuff, but... I don't know what people I don't are know. expecting. I've digged the smile and I've digged the frown so far. And I yes. think that captured it captured Joker's like essence very well so far. So. Yes. At least it's not Jared Leto's Joker. Yes. So at least he doesn't have fucking damaged tattoo <laughs> across his forehead and a grill in. Mm. So um it felt very more traditional. I mean he's wearing the purple suit, he's wearing I think he's got the green vest on. Um so I I was cool with it. I thought I didn't have an issue at all. That. And I mean, I feel like he's just gonna kill it, you mm. know, in his performance. Just that like thirty second little teaser we saw, I was already hooked. So, um, and it, this the photos that leaked um, were interesting too. Like, there's kind of like I don't know, it looks like there's some kind of like rally or something going. Like, there's people like protesters holding signs. But did you see the one sign that says like "Blame Wayne"? No, across no. it. Yeah, there's a, like a. And then there's some people in, like, clown masks going out. So I don't know if there's, like, a movement going on. What the hell is happening in this movie? Going a but little the, white knight. There is a, a sign that says Blame Wayne. And we've heard that 
Thomas Wayne is in this movie. So they originally cast Alec Baldwin in this role, and then he had to bow out for some reason. I think they cast someone else, and I don't know who exactly. But they casted someone else. Um, we do know that it's supposed to take place in the 80s. So, and um, the character of Thomas Wayne is supposed to be some kind of, like, almost slimy, like, businessman. So, um, they're definitely not following, you know, the comic book origins, mm-hmm. you know, of Batman. So this would definitely put, if that's true, this would definitely have a huge age gap between, you know, the Joker yes. and Batman. Depending on if how they, they even go it. that route. I, we mm-hmm. don't know exactly what they're doing here. Well, you could even have it be... It's a younger Joker when it's Thomas Wayne there, and then you mm-hmm. show him like as cause and effect, like because this happened, this is why this Joker is this. And thing. maybe, maybe we don't know. Maybe the blame Wayne is actually Bruce Wayne, and it is an older, you mm-hmm. know. At that point, it's later on, you know, in the story. So, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm curious though. I wonder what the hell's going on. I mean, we're a year out though. I thought it was interesting that they released that little like teaser mm. though. I guess I wonder if it's like what kind of perspective are they really showing in this? And like, is he slimy because it's from Joker's perspective? Is it slim- like, I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, it seems like they kind of said like he's a stereotypical like 80s, mm. like Wall Street kind of businessman. So I right away think like Michael Douglas in yeah, Wall exactly. Street or something like that along those lines. So I don't know. I it's interesting. They also I know that what's her name um from Domino uh not from Domino, oh. from Deadpool two <laughs> um Zazzy Beats. Beats is going to be a love interest of the Joker's mm-hmm. and we don't know if they are following you know the Killing Joke storyline. Is this actually his wife or is this someone else? You know we'll see. I'm excited about the casting. We know mm-hmm. Robert De Niro is also in this movie. He's supposed to be some kind of talk show host that's supposed to like inspire the Joker somehow. So there's a lot of little things kind of leaking out. I'm not sure why they're not holding their cards so like close to the vest right now. It does feel like there's a lot of leaks coming quickly with the movie being like a year out. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels like Warner Brothers likes to test the waters a lot. Um, I hope that they just have confidence and let their director do his thing and let their creators create yeah. and just, you know, not change anything based off of internet reaction. Because fuck that shit. You know? I mean, I'm sure people reacted natively to Heath Ledger's makeup originally. Oh, yeah. No. People were like, fuck this guy. Yeah. Who thought he could be the actor for Joker? So, I mean... such a negative reaction to that. like, whatever. And look at that performance. Mm. So, uh, I just... I hope that they're not too worried about what the internet's saying. And just let them do their thing. And just trust, you know, the artist's to do art mm-hmm. so but we'll see warner brothers likes to shoot themselves in the foot a lot. <laughs> they used to know how to do this shit i mean we we got three awesome batman movies out of them mm-hmm. so i don't know hopefully they're back on track but not gonna wood up uh, but speaking of teasers we also got a daredevil season three uh like mini trailer well, i think even in between the last episode and this we've had like a couple two of, yeah, right two, like yeah. two or three maybe right um they are Definitely going with the Born Again storyline. So it's got a very strong, even to what like Daredevil's wearing um, in this. Um, I was like, oh, we're back to the black suit now. Yes, yes. (laughs) Um, It sounds like he's done away with the whole Matt Murdock persona completely. And he's just, you know, going to be embracing, you know, the devil. 
it sounds like. So, I mean, the whole, I think the tagline is let the devil out mm-hmm. is what they're going with. Um, today's little teaser that came out um, was just Wilson Fix, and it was like him in the full white suit, which was just awesome. I totally <laughs> had a nerdgasm scene <laughs> in that classic getup. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy that he's back. He's going to be a huge part of the season, um, and we know we've been teased uh, Bullseye. So. Yes. Um, if they do the Born Again storyline, I'm sure it's not going to be, you know, panel for panel. Um, it would make no sense where they're at story-wise with the show. But, I mean, it's a heavy storyline. So we're, we're in for a treat if that's what they're going with. So I don't know. I don't know, though. Um, I, do, thoughts on the trailer? I mean, for that teaser trailer, it's not much really there. I yeah. mean, I... I'm. I liked the trailer before where we had him talking about you know, I you know to end evil. I need to like get rid of it, especially since where the character's been the last few seasons, where it's like you know I need to put you guys in jail. I need to do this the right way and everything mm. to see this kind of darker, even darker side to him. Yeah, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a really good season. Yeah. I want to see him take that darker leap. I guess, but I don't know how they're gonna handle it. Like maybe. Friends will have to drag him out of his dark place. I don't know. And spoilers, if they do follow that Born Again storyline, a lot of that storyline is Wilson Fisk like destroying Matt Murdock's life. So I'm wondering if they're going to like take it from that point and like since you know mm. he's basically dead at this point to the Marvel universe. I know if they're going to even go through that whole struggle. That That's the storyline that we kind of talked about a couple episodes ago where Karen Page leaks oh, okay. his like identity to Wilson Fisk and then Wilson Fisk, you know, kills everyone else who knows his identity and then takes it for his own and like just ruins Matt Murdock's life. I don't know if they're going to go that route since he's right. already dead. So yeah. I'm guessing it's going to be like his uphill like battle, like back to the man that he was. Um, and then... I don't know how Wilson Fisk is going to play into it. You remember their last interaction in season two, though, where he just, they meet, Mm. you know, in jail and they, you know, they're in the prison. But like Wilson Fisk lets him know I'm coming after you. Um, It's a pretty fucking heavy scene. So I'm sure, I mean, this is going to be quite the season. And if Bullseye's part of it, I mean, I'm definitely worried about Karen. So, <laughs> I spoilers wouldn't, again. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing Karen take maybe a, like more of a plunge into the character that we know that she can be. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just I'm just I'm done with her. I'm just All done. Right. I think it's just I don't like the whole like Punisher subplot. I think that annoys me. I don't it didn't feel like it was overdone though when they did Punisher I just and everything. Don't need Frank with a love interest. She's um, coming back for that season. I, unfortunately, right? Yeah, I just I, I'm just done. I don't know. I know her and Foggy, and I think it Foggy annoyed me less than he seemed to annoy you. But I mean, just because he shows up everywhere, though. he's he's their little like you know oh. way of saying, "Hey, we're all connected." I'm fine with that because the scenes are always like thirty seconds long. Mm. But Karen, I just I don't know. She's so self righteous and just. She chews up scenes left and right. I just think, I don't know. I don't need a moral compass in all these shows. I don't need her showing up in the Punisher show. So, and it's just weird and convoluted to have her, like, part of that storyline also. 
to me since she's supposed to be such a great love for Daredevil. I mean, but that's an issue I also had with Daredevil and Elektra's, like, you know, relationship that he basically sacrificed himself for Elektra, but he still has this thing. Mm. Yeah, he's carrying a torch for Karen at the same time. So, I don't know. Love triangles. I get it. Whatever. (laughs) It's a little too soap opera for me. I mean, it happens in the comics, too, but Mm. I don't know. So, yes, I'm trying to get Karen killed off, basically. (laughs) Hopefully we're walking away from where we left off with the Defenders and how he was kind of acting throughout that entire season. Just like overly protective of Electra. Yeah, you know, he was one of my least favorite parts of that. Mm-hmm. Like, I I think for me, it was like Luke Cage really, like, you know, shined in that series, but like, Daredevil was annoying to me almost, like the way he was interacting with the team and he was kind of like, yeah, definitely doing his own thing. Like, he could give a shit about anyone mm. else, even though he was supposed to be kind of the leader. But to me, it was really like Luke Cage's oh, show. Yeah. Um, okay. So, I don't know. I, I hope we do get away from that, you know, and we don't, it doesn't, I don't know if Electra's been teased at all for this season. I haven't seen anything about her. So I'm okay with I'm, that. Yeah. Like, take a break. Take That's a break. Fine. Give me a season, you know? So I, I'm fine with that. But yeah, and God, think about all the possibilities now with like Luke Cage and everything in Harlem. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> anyway, let's not go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> and we'll see where Iron Fist leads off to. Yes, yes. And you're on episode... I'm still... I, I haven't watched a single episode since four, so... Okay. And I know yeah, five better... is, like, the end of that, like, first arc, so... You're better than me. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally halfway through the first episode. Mm. So, maybe next week. No promises. Maybe we'll try to tackle that. We'll see. Because <laughs> I feel like we do need to review it. Especially yeah. before Dare- Daredevil. And we got the dates, too. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. We- October! Yeah! How awesome <laughs> is that? October's going to be a crazy month for us. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, October. We were kind of predicting like December, mm. like late November. Yeah, October. yeah, October 19th when Halloween comes out. That's going to be a crazy weekend. Yes. <laughs> crazy fucking weekend. No sleep. <laughs> and then we also just got the trailer for x-men dark phoenix i think we're just calling it dark phoenix we're now. just calling it dark phoenix we're i think we're not we... even calling it <laughs> they have a little circle on the x yes. to let you know you know at the end of phoenix but that's it we literally got the trailer too like five minutes ago yes. so uh these are our honest first reactions <laughs> christian you go first um i mean we we, all, we started to talk just a little bit before this, which is the problem Don't let here. me sour you. Come on. <laughs> um, I First liked it. I mean, for the most part, I, I like the vibe. I like um, what we're getting from the teammates and everything. I like Charles, you know, pretty much being being Charles here, you know, blocking her mind. and That's, that's what it seems like it's yeah. implying, right? It's, it's implying that he put definitely some blocks in to hide the truth from her. Um, maybe but, like holding back her powers yes, or something like that. but the more we talk about this, the more I'm thinking this sounds exactly like Last Stand. That was my, that's exactly <laughs> what I said. Like, it feels very much like the origin story for mm. Phoenix. Um, I mean, she Last even goes to see Stand. fucking Magneto. Yeah, um, which is interesting because I felt like they were going to go like intergalactic, like, mm. you know, go full-fledged, you know, what we got in the original, like, Chris Claremont, like, run with, you know, the Phoenix origin. So I was kind of thrown aback by the fact that it seems like we're kind of more into the more grounded, you know, Last Stand origin. Um, which I don't 
like on paper i don't mind that origin i think it makes mm. more sense for this like the film verse um and i feel like now that they have a second chance at it maybe they'll handle it a little better it did, from what i saw like if i didn't know anything about last stand and didn't see mm. that movie i'd probably be like oh this is pretty cool i get it you know because you doubt you saw a younger gene gray coming to the mansion you saw it, it's implied that you know professor x might have done something a little unethical to like hold back her powers to make her forget exactly you know how powerful she is mm-hmm. um it's even alluded that maybe she caused her parents death in this um you know if you watch the trailer i feel like the trailer might have showed you a little too much of you know her back you know history um just i don't know i it, it even like the shot where they confront her in like it looks like in some suburb or something like that and the cops are pulling up and stuff it mm. felt like a scene from last stand right yeah. like you know and she's kind of like just uh, she's lost control pretty much you know she's flipping police cars around and everything um and there's also the elephant in the room of like how much does this really matter since we know <laughs> we know <laughs> that Disney is yes. now going to own this property so we're getting this movie that in the long run we know that there's really no future for this you know yes, but this with, run of X-Men after this with that I can come into this not having to worry about the continuity. overarching continuity of everything. Do you think they knew that when they were shooting this film and that they kind of That's put a bow kind of was like on announced. this whole story? Line? I would hope that this may be just be like the end of their whole arc that they've been doing. I'm kind of hoping that's where they... It's going to be really dark if it is. It seems very dark. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I was really hoping to kind of get that true to like comic book origin you know, um, from and maybe this. there's a lot that they're not showing us. Maybe, hopefully, maybe there there is a good possibility that mm. that might be the case here. Um, so, but like I said, it it looked like it's well shot. It looks, I mean, the performances from the what two minute trailer that we saw look strong. Um, I I don't know, I don't know. It looks like it's going to be a dark story, um, and really kind of like exploring the sins of you know Professor X's mm. past. Um, which I'm always mixed on, you know, uh, we got so much of it in the comic books. So I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I guess it is, it is what it is, right? (laughs) Yeah. I, it's, this is coming out in February. I know it was originally slated to be released this November. So they did push it back. I mean, not that far back though not like new mutants because new mutants was supposed to come out this past yes. summer and then i don't think that's slated till almost like next summer so don't um, tell me that yeah <laughs> and then once again like does that even matter at this point so I'm, no, it's weird that they're cool releasing these movie. movies still even mm. though and i guess they're already been produced you spent the money on made, it might as well <laughs> I'm wondering how that works, but I'm sure I wouldn't even understand if you explained it to me. So um, it's it's I don't know I don't know I, I what did Mystique's makeup look different too, right? Like her face looked a little like yeah, but they keep doing that because I because Jennifer Lawrence doesn't want to be in all that blue. So you think they were just trying to make sure you as knew it was Jennifer possible, Lawrence yeah. there? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, whatever. Um, so and maybe it was like an easier like makeup to do on her so 
Um, yeah, yeah. I, it didn't look bad. I can say that. It looks like a good movie. I guess. I, <laughs> I didn't that. see anything to make me say, oh, I, I won't see this. It, except that mm-hmm. it feels like it's literally the origin from Last Stand. And I don't know if I want to see that movie again. <laughs> I doubt we'll see that movie. Yeah. I just, well, I think we're going to get a lot of like, heavy... Like, fucking Magneto's not Magneto again. Like, it, it seems like we're also going to get them finding Magneto work like it, it seems like he's like Working a lumberjack or something <laughs> and then it's gonna bring him out of retirement again like you know i know how this ends charles you make a long speech and then i put on my fucking helmet that's what it seems like it's what yeah. we're gonna get you know and i feel like the last two movies is it, it's done that with magneto i know i understand his retirement after apocalypse that makes a lot of sense. I, guess. <laughs> I don't know. I wish they all retired after Apocalypse. That movie sucked. <laughs> but that's just me. So, I don't know. I hope it's awesome. I do. Mm. I do hope. It. I, I know it sounds completely like I want this movie to <laughs> suck. or I, I will see this movie in the theater. I hope it's good. I just don't have high hopes right now for it. So, and I'm almost, I think part of it's like, I just want to move on. I just want to move on and see, you know, Disney's version of the X-Men. Trust me, yeah. I want to see where, Dis- like, the MCU will take them and everything. Yeah, and if this is going to slow down that process, then I'm annoyed. Because I don't know if I need to see a retelling of a movie that just came out, you know, less than ten years ago. Do so. you think that they'll implement them more on the MCU television side rather than... Now, I don't mean, like... Netflix or anything. I'm talking about the streaming service rather than like as a way to introduce the characters. I think that would be a lost opportunity. I feel like the X Men are so cinematic that you know, and people are are dying to see them interact mm-hmm. with like you know the mainstream Avenger characters. You know, so I really, I don't think so. Not at first. I could definitely see them doing you know smaller projects and maybe like characters getting like solo series yeah. like maybe like possibly like loki or scarlet witch are getting like oh, jubilee's getting her own yeah series. like oh i'm all about it <laughs> sign me up <laughs> sign me up for the service now um uh, but yeah no i i could definitely foresee that happening later on i just don't see it being like how they introduce the characters mm-hmm. i feel like you're gonna get like one of those like you know end credit scenes where you get like a little hint of the x-men or something like that in one of these movies mm. so um that's what i see because i really do feel like i mean that's money that's money on the table you're leaving because people have been dying for the last you know how many years to see a crossover so right. since so someone's make a wish i'm sure <laughs> all right well that's gonna do it for news yes so halloween is upon us it is Horror Month with Amazing Nerd Show. So we're going to count down until we hit Halloween. Because I think we're going to have an episode come out by then. Yes, yes, On we the should. day. On the day. So celebrate Halloween <laughs> with Amazing Nerd exactly. Show. Exactly. So we're going to do like our favorite horror movie. What gets like, us in the mood. Yes. Halloween horror movies. Yes. So it's basically going to be... And then they're not necessarily Halloween-themed movies, mm. but our favorite movies to watch during the season. So, and these are going to be, like, micro-reviews. It's basically going to be us, like, drooling over yeah. the movies, though. It's a fan fest. Here. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> so, we're not going to really say anything negative about the movies. But uh, 
this is my week, so I get to go first. Mm-hmm. Uh, my pick was Trick or Treat. Which is very Halloween. Yes, very much so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and this is the 2007 release, not the Trick or Treat, yes. starring uh, what Ozzy Osbourne and Gene Simmons from the 80s. <laughs> not that you shouldn't watch that for different no, reasons. No, you shouldn't. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't lead them astray. <laughs> so yes, this is the Michael Doherty uh, film Trick or Treat. Um, this is one of my favorite movies to watch during the season. And not only that, I will say this is probably one of my favorite horror movies to be released in the last, like, ten years. So, I am a huge fan of this movie. Twenty years. Was that? Because technically that would be eleven years. Is it eleven years? 2007? When was it actually? It it has a very weird release, like, history, Mm. because it was actually technically slated to release, and I'll have to look it up, but I believe in 2006, but then they, like, canned it for two years. Mm. There was, like, a studio, like, I don't know, one studio took over another studio, and then they were kind of, like, dragging their feet with it. They were, like, going to do a big mainstream release and, like, you know, like, multiple theaters and everything like that. Um, but then there was the whole... There was some school controversy. I don't know if there was, like, a, okay. a shooting or something like that. And in the movie, there's, like, you know... I mean, children die. Mm-hmm. So I think they were kind of skittish about going that route at the time. They felt like it was too controversial. And then the other studio, I believe, um, was worried about opening up against Saw. Because Saw just owned October, mm. which is just fucking ass backwards. I mean, horror movie fans and just Halloween fans in general, they want to see a horror movie every weekend. We can go to more than just one movie a month. So, I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, they didn't know what to do with the property. So they just dumped it on DVD, like, eventually. Um, It it did, on its own, though, like, gather this, like, cult, like, following. Yes, it was still a big deal. Because I remember when it came out, in, like, a couple years, like, in that span when it came out, it was just like, all my friends were like, hey, we haven't seen Trick or Treat? What's, you know, we need to see this. It was big. There was a lot of buzz around it. Well, um, Michael Doherty, too, he was doing, like, fests. Like, he was, like, showing it, like, different fests and everything like that. Kind of gathering buzz while it was mm-hmm. sitting, like, collecting dust on the shelf. Um, so, he was doing a really good job of getting the word out there. So, it had a good word of mouth. Like, I remember hearing the buzz for the movie before, like, while it was in production. And they, I mean, they were, like, when I say they were going to do a big release for it, they were going to do a big release. Like, there was, like, coffee table books, like, being released for this. Multiple, like, action figures and stuff like that. That, like, came out, like, a year before the movie even came out. Because, you know, the studio all of a sudden, like, pumped the brakes and didn't know what to do. So, yeah. So, I guess you're right. It probably is technically the last 20 years, not the last 10 years. (laughs) Which is just insane. So, um, but yeah. So, I love just about everything about this movie. Um, It just captures, like, the true spirit of Halloween for me. Um, it's like beautiful in the sense of like its storytelling style. Um, it does this like non-linear like storytelling approach to it. It's very like Pulp Fiction the way they introduced it. Um, so it's not your like straightforward anthology series that you would get like, mm-hmm. you know, with like, um, Creepshow. So, it, you know, where they were like separate stories mm-hmm. onto itself. Um, this, all the stories you know, 
basically intertwine in some way, shape, or form. So um, it kind of keeps like the viewers like you know on their toes in a way. But I I just I don't know. For me, this is like one God behind Halloween. You know the original Halloween. This is like the quintessential Halloween story. Um, so you get four different stories that we follow, and the one through line is Sam, who's you know basically in this story he's like the patron saint of Halloween. So he's there to like enforce you know a lot of those rules of Halloween. Um, you know a lot of them are based around legends. So, I mean, some of the stories, you just kind of see them in the background, but um, two, the, the two bookend stories, basically, you, you know, he has a big part in. So, uh, the rules of Halloween are uh, always hand out candy to trick-or-treaters, always wear a costume, never blow out a jack-o'-lantern before midnight, always respect the dead, and always check your candy. So I just love that they like, you know, and these are all mm -hmm. kind of things based off of urban legends, but I like that they kind of use these to like, you know, tell his mythology, like, you know, to like build this mythology for him. Um, so it's basically watching these people break these rules and, you know, the consequences that they pay on Halloween night. Uh, just from the set design to like the old fashioned practical effects it really, for any horror movie fan, it, like, hits all the right buttons, I feel. Um, new and old. Um, I know a lot of, like, you know, younger horror movie fans who really enjoy this movie. And I know a lot of older horror movie fans, you know, totally, like, you know, jump out. Because it reminds them of, you know, anthology movies mm. like Creepshow. So, um, but yeah. I, and then on top of everything, not only is it well-directed and well-written... But it also has great performances from like Brian Cox and Anna, Anna Paquin and um, Dylan Baker. So, and I mean, a lot of them with like comic book history. Um, Brian Singer actually produced this movie, who Michael Doherty actually yes, worked uh, with on X Men, on X Men, and, and Superman, unfortunately. And, <laughs> X Men Apocalypse. That was that was actually <laughs> another reason why I guess they were kind of skittish about um, Michael Doherty because they. Uh, Superman Returns came out mm. and it did so poorly in the box office. So Warner Brothers was like timid about like releasing anything that might bomb, mm. which just seems ridiculous. Like watching it, like why would you think that this kind of horror movie released in Halloween would have any possibility of fucking well, Warner Brothers doesn't always have the best so, judgment. No, no. <laughs> that seems like a theme during this episode. <laughs> so, um, in all of our episodes, unfortunately. So, but anyway, uh, yeah, the stories are all strong because a lot of times, even with like the creep show like movies, there might be one story here and mm. there that it's like, eh, it's a little weak. I feel like each one of the stories are strong. Um, it just really, really, like I said before, the performances, the way it's shot, just captures the essence of Halloween. Um, there's tons of fun little Easter eggs throughout, too. Like, some things that I'm, like, picking up, like, after, like, multiple viewings, <laughs> like, I didn't even, like, connect with. Like, I didn't realize Anna Paquin's character um, is, like, this young, like, virgin-like character. Um, at least that's the way she's portrayed when we first meet up with her. Very innocent and everything. Her character's name is Lori. So 
Lori, mm. obviously, is, you know, an homage to Lori in Halloween. Christine, the car, is actually in a scene where they're driving the bus down the road um, in one of the segments. So, like, it's the exact model of Christine. <laughs> um, one of the houses looks exactly like the Carrie house. Um, so there's a lot of, like, gotcha. Stephen, like, King, like, little mm. nods, too. So I'm just a lot of good, like, nuggets for you to dig in, like, after multiple viewings. And, like, this is a movie that I feel like after you watch once, you have to go back and watch again to see all the different layers. There's a lot of, like, random, like, passing of other characters, like, you know, in segments. Like, you'll see, like, two characters from another story mm-hmm. pass by, you know, in another story. And you'll realize, okay, wait a second, what the hell's going on? And then you, you eventually catch on, oh, wait a second, this is completely out of sequence. So, um, I don't know, man. It really just, it gives you everything that you would want as a horror movie fan. So, um, you've seen the movie. Did you enjoy this movie? Yes, I did back when I first saw it. Um, I definitely, like, during that time period, there was just a lot of, like, very B-movie, or I'm going to say C-movie now, Mm -hmm. horror films. So, this was definitely more of a gem at that time. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That was a that was a rough time Mm. because you did like have this strong wave of horror movies come out in the early 2000s and then it became a lot of like torture porn like kind of movies and everything. Saw was like definitely in its heyday Um, and like just movie studios were so weird about releasing movies. Like they Mm. were on this like kick of like, well, you know, if this movie gets released this month, we can't release any other movies that month. You know, we don't want it to like, you know, to compete against themselves. Don't get me wrong. Saw and everything is like the, that kind of like torture kill type film was fine at the time. No, I think, but it didn't get the same spirit of like, like supernatural horror and everything that I think that was really missing during. I love the original, like the first, like God, I want to say almost the first, like four song movies mm-hmm. that I enjoyed. Um, I also, I loved hostile um, by Eli Roth. So I was all on board, you know, I thought it was something different. I thought the torture porn tag was too like ridiculous. Yeah. I don't think that was what it was. I mean, yes, they were very graphic and very violent, but I think they were just old school, gory horror movies you know um which you know just told in a different way and i mean it leaned a lot on like you know old like italian kind of style horror movies Mm. um so yes it was over the edge um you know compared to what we were getting the last decade and it was just you know a lot different and more extreme but i i would say that you know those first four saw movies that I mean, I feel like those were good fucking movies. I enjoyed those movies. I I revisit those movies. Even though they came out at Halloween every year, that's not what I tie to Halloween. Whereas something like this film, it definitely fits more within that feel. But they, I mean, even after the Saw franchise kind of lost its Mm -hmm. steam, um, they were doing the same thing like Paranormal uh, Activity, where they, like, it owned October for some reason. Um, Just, like... I want to say to like the last couple of years, now they're kind of like, okay, we can release multiple you know, mm. horror movies or like, it's okay to have, you know, a few superhero movies released within a month of each other. Um, people are going to go see them regardless. So people want to see these movies, mm. you know? So, I mean, it's just ridiculous that this movie sat on the shelf for so long. So, um, but yeah, but Sam has become like a horror movie icon now. I mean, after one movie, that's saying a lot, especially a movie that was, you know, direct to DVD. 
Um, he's really got like a cult following. I mean, he's included in a lot of merchandise with like classic horror movie icons, um, which is great to see. People are just frothing at the mouth for a sequel. Michael Doherty, he did, um, and I think, um, what's the company that's doing, um, is it Warner Brothers? Or is it Sub, um, well, I know Warner Brothers and Michael Doherty, I believe. They did announce that there was a sequel, like, you know, planned, but he's actually shooting, or like, either probably in post-production now, but he's doing Godzilla. He's doing the Godzilla movie that comes out. So he said, after the Godzilla movie will get, you know, this. Because this is a passion project for him. Mm-hmm. So um, he, this all started with a animated short that he did back in college. So, and that was 10 years prior to this being released. So this is something that he's always had the script for and something that he's always, like, wanted. Um, a huge passion project um, that he eventually got, like, Brian Singer behind to help him produce. So he's on board. Like, he was even, I don't know if you saw, like, the little Furnet like, clips that they shot like like for all the different holidays like every year for a while they're doing these little like sam like fear net commercials for like different holidays and michael Jordan would actually shoot them and write them (laughs) so i mean this is definitely a project that he's passionate about so there's no doubt in my mind that we will eventually Mm. get you know a sequel for it i don't know but we we just have to be patient so because he's got a lot on his plate right now with godzilla so Um, I'm excited for him because I feel like he's talented. Um, he recently did Krampus, so which I was a huge fan. I don't know if you saw that, but you know another holiday themed horror movie. So, but yeah, no, I definitely if you have not seen this movie and you're looking for something to get you in the Halloween like mode, definitely pick up Trick or Treat. Yes, we're telling you to start here. Yes, this is this is exactly <laughs> this is the first movie I watch every mm. season, honestly. So. This is the movie I would definitely suggest picking up yes. um, as a horror movie fan. So, And if you haven't seen it and you're a horror movie fan, shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing with your life? <laughs> <laughs> so that's my pick for the week. Next week will be Christians, right? Yes. Our horror movie countdown continues. Oh, yes. <laughs> Good thing we're in a basement. <laughs> hint, hint, wink, wink. <laughs> Hey there, nerds. It's your old pal, Brewster Bonesaw. Well, you don't really know me, but I've been watching you through your window when you're alone at night. And I know you are desperately in need of a fun night out with some friends, so I'm here to help you out with that. Why don't you come hang out with me and my friends at the Lost Souls Haunted House bus tour? We'll be visiting all the top haunted houses in the Chicagoland area in our luxury buses provided by Reggie's Rock House. We got four nights of, of tours featuring three haunted houses each night. I'll be providing entertainment. We got a cash bar. We'll have raffles and prizes and music to your nerdy ears. Everybody gets a swag bag. We got instant in access at every haunt. That means we don't wait in lines. And for you Halloween and horror nerds, most of our tours end with lights on tours of the haunted houses. The only way you can get closer access to a haunted house would be to work there. And we can help you with that, too. So so book your tour with Lost Souls by visiting our website at lostsoulschicago.com. Enter promo code NERDSHOW for $10 off your tickets. We got some comics this week, Damon. We got a lot of fucking comics this week. (laughs) Seven strong. Yes, but they're big comic books. Yes, they are. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's all been leading to this, Damon. I know. We're that's finally right. here. It's the Return of Wolverine number one. So the title of the book is going to be Return of Wolverine. Yep. This is an ongoing, right? I guess. I kind of hate that. <laughs> so, but I'm sure they'll change the title oh, eventually. Yeah. It's not going to last. Um, but let me read the blurb, Christian. He's back, bub. <laughs> <laughs> You're reading That's the next it. one, too. The, no, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I call dibs. <laughs> I'll just stay silent and you'll secret. Uh-huh. <laughs> and this is by Charles Soule and uh, Steve McNeven? McNeven? Penciler. Yes. So I totally <laughs> just slaughtered that. I enjoyed his art, though. I will say that. So. Yes, that was good art. Yes, yes. So, uh, let's, glowing claws and all. Let me hear your thoughts on the return of Wolverine. Short, straight to the point. I I didn't have a problem with it. Was it really short though? There just wasn't that much dialogue. Okay, well, when there isn't much dialogue, and the, I, I guess just... technically you're right. It's short then. <laughs> <laughs> Page count wise, it was a normal book. It, it was like thirty. Big... It was thirty pages. 35? Yeah, it was actually bigger than a normal. That was actually a giant size. Mm. It was thirty-five pages. So, yeah, that's considered. Yeah, that's a bigger book. Uh, all right. Well, so, either way, I but mean, there was hardly any dialogue, so it did yes. feel short. I enjoyed what we got, though. I will say that after what we were left with, with um. What is it called? Hunt for Wolverine. Hunt, but what was the last one? Oh, Dead, Dead Ends. ends yeah. Yes. Um, I was sour on this book. So I enjoyed this. Mm. So I don't... I, I see it in your face. Just say it. It's okay if you hate I it. Wouldn't, I don't hate it. Uh-huh. I wouldn't mind them maybe giving me a little exposition. Just a tiny bit. Um, I liked that we just kind of opened up and we don't know what the fuck's going on. Like... I feel like I'm going to enjoy this as a series, but, like, as just one issue, if I just look at this as, like, we're not getting anything else, this was just, like... I could see, especially after you just, like, did a whole summer worth of, of series. reading for getting to this point. You kind of want, like, okay, give me some fucking answers now. Oh, don't get me wrong, I, I enjoyed, like, the, like, kind of grogginess aspect of he's just surrounded by bodies and we have no idea what the yes, fuck's going Yes, yes, and it's graphic. Like, I, yes. They don't pull any punches. They're showing you shit. So, um, I enjoyed that. Uh, the one thing I did not like was his new outfit. He looks like a, like, doorman. Did, or a band leader, if you will. A marching band leader. The black costume with the, uh... Oh! That he puts I in after. I about that costume. Yeah. They yeah. released, like, a teaser for it a while back. Um, I was hoping that he'd at least have a mask with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wasn't a fan of the costume at all. So, especially if that's gonna be something that sticks around for a while. Um, I feel like it's going to stick to this story, and then he'll switch back to his original. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I give me the yellow and blue. I'm. I'm, I'm how'd you How'd you feel about their supposed? That, I mean, we know that's not the reason why he actually wears yellow and blue. But how'd you feel about her story? I and, thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. It made sense. Um, draw. So basically, they're saying that he's wearing the yellow and blue to draw fire onto himself um, to protect innocence. And I feel like they're going to do that each issue is tell like a story based around that and that's him unlocking his memories yes and like them kind of like retelling like you know the mythology of wolverine too at the same time um and redefining the character maybe i could see that um i like because we kind of know what's going on with that you mysterious being i can't even remember her fucking name i feel like it's she's so pressed 
Prespone? Prespone? I don't know how to say it. (laughs) I read it and I'm like, Prespin? Prespin? Yeah. How do you... Yeah. So, um, I didn't hate her as much as I hated her in uh, Dead Ends. Dead Ends. So I was I was okay with the way everything kind of unfolded. Um, I liked that we kind of you know are seeing everything through Wolverine's eyes right now, where he doesn't really remember everything. We're just following him through the story. Um, you know that's that's really like it's him narrating the story too. Mm-hmm. So he's getting flashes of like his past and everything, but he can't quite put everything together. He knows that he used to be a hero, but he's not quite sure why. I liked the imagery of, like, the cells. Like, they have, like, basically mm-hmm. all these cells with, like, different memories kind of locked up. And, like, he's basically releasing them as he goes along. I thought that was pretty cool. I liked um, him questioning him being a hero. Because she keeps mentioning, like, all the things that he did. And he's like, so I'm a hero because I killed people? Yeah. And he keeps, like, mentioning that. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, well, and too, because that's something that he struggled with, especially mm-hmm. early on, you know, in his superhero career, if you will. Why is he a hero? You know, is he really a hero? So, um, you know, I like that that's still an aspect of the character. Um, we didn't get too much of the flame claws. <laughs> so I don't think they were really, he had them in the very beginning. Yeah, they glow for a little bit. And then that was it. Yeah. That was the end. So we didn't really see that. I don't know if that's when he's like full out rage now. Like he goes into that mode where he's got the flaming claws or whatever. I'm okay without it though. (laughs) So, um, you know, we'll see when they reintroduce it. I would almost rather the the flaming claws just be a metaphor rather than like actually flaming claws. Yeah, unfortunately they're real real flaming claws. (laughs) Um... I liked the little battle with the saber tooth. I thought that was kind of cool. This this was action packed. I mean, had a lot of great action scenes that you want to see in a Wolverine book. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a little light on dialogue. I do agree with that. Um, you know, maybe a little exposition would help kind of flush out the story and kind of get you like where you need. Because if I didn't read all those Hunt for Wolverine books, I would have no clue what the hell's going on. And maybe that would make it a little more exhilarating as a reader, you know, if you're just picking up this book, like, mm. what the fuck's going on? I am really curious about where the whole Infinity Stone thing comes in, continuity-wise. Gotcha. Because we're introduced to Wolverine back almost a year ago at this point um, during the whole, was it, Legacy Yes. Where, you know, he shows up randomly and he's got one of the uh, stones with him. So I'm wondering where that is with this story. Because it feels like this is probably happening before that story. Well, it's definitely before wherever they were in Hunt for Wolverine. Yeah, because he wouldn't, like, he feels, I feel like in that story he knew, like, because he leaves the stone for Black Widow in one of his, like, hideouts. So obviously he knew who he was at that point and... You know, so his history and remembered his past, he was able to do that. So obviously the story takes place Maybe, prior. though, because we also have the scientist that he comes across that says the things that she made you do. Mm-hmm. And that's... So you think he that was part of one of his missions or something like that? I don't know about him collecting the stone being part of the missions, but I'm trying to figure out, like, yeah, has he already been being used for dastardly He just disease? felt like, especially with the way like he like wrote the letter and everything mm-hmm. like that that felt like Logan to me and I don't know who knows how 
you know, how much control she has over him or whatever, you know, if he's just like a puppet or if he's kind of himself and he has access to his memories and everything. So, I don't know. I'm curious to see if they even touch upon it or they're like, whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck continuity, whatever, you know. And I'm I'm not one of those comic book fans who need everything to line up perfectly. I like it that way, but if it gets in the way of good storytelling, then screw it. I don't need it, so... Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought this was a decent start, though. I was really kind of dreading this book after, you know, this summer's, you yes. know, mini-event. <laughs> so I was okay with this start, at least. Yeah, uh, I was definitely, I don't know, Dead Ends was just such a... It was rough. It was, it was rough. It a dead fucking end. <laughs> it was rough. Getting into this was... I, I think in the long run, I'm going to enjoy it more. But right now, I'm just like... I'm hesitant. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so. I mean, the book the book was enjoyable, but I'm hesitant to where this is going. Yeah. I tr- but I, at the same time, I trust Charles' soul. So. I do. I do. Like, I think we, I was saying before, I feel like he's the MVP of this year. Mm. I mean, that's saying a lot, too, when Tom King's writing books. I probably just need to get out of my head and just read the book and move on. And just kind of forget yes. about <laughs> The last three if or four I can, months. If I can watch these four episodes of Iron Fist and try to forgive the first season, that's saying a lot. <laughs> that's so. saying a lot. <laughs> I made it through half a fucking episode. So. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, I saw Mutum and I just passed out automatically. Mm. I, I don't know if it was me blacking out or what, but <laughs> I was just done. So, but yeah. So anyway, I, I enjoyed it. Mm. We'll see where it goes, though. Um, Next up, Infinity Wars, Soldier Supreme. Yes, our first little tie-in slash, you know, separate story yes, for the Infinity yes. War books. Um, classified 4F by the military, Stephen Rogers was unable to serve his country in World War II until a secret government program tapping into the arcane... Sorcery transformed him into the Soldier Supreme, the magical warrior embodied of the American spirit. Okay, fine. Christian, thoughts? Um, You know, I came into, you know, this a little bit excited because I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. They're going to play with around the characters and stuff. And then I started reading this and I was just like, they're just kind of jamming everything together. For no reason. Yes, that's, those are my thoughts. Exactly. Like, it just felt like we're just going to mesh these stories together. It felt like superhero Mad Libs. Where, like, you know, okay, you've got to tell one line of origin story from Captain America's history. And now you need to tell one line of, you know, origin story from Doctor Strange's mm-hmm. history. And you're just going on and on and just trying to, like, paste it together. To make a story up. Like, it just, it was, it was very paint by numbers. Like, even the way they introduced, like, you know, the villains and mm-hmm. what was it, Red Dormammu or whatever the hell they yes. call him. Red um, Dormammu, yes. <laughs> Dormammu, whatever. Um, I'm not a Doctor Strange guy, but uh, his origin, like, I just, I really, I was disappointed with it. I didn't have, like, super high hopes, but it felt very, like, like, even the writers, and it was, what, uh, Dugan, yes. which, and I've enjoyed his stuff, but this felt like almost like a chore for him to write. Like I could, just, like I have to do what? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> come up with an origin story for a character, you know, who's half Captain America and half Doctor Strange. It just didn't work for me. Uh, Even what was? Oh my god, 
Bucky Wong? Yes, I cracked up. Oh. I was like, Bucky Wong? Are you serious? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I'm telling you right now, you don't have to read a single war book. To make sense for the Infinity Wars. Story. Yeah, I don't know where... Because how many issues is this? Is this like two or four? Um, For this one, four. I think it's uh, just two. Okay. I'm hoping it's just Thank two. Thank God. Because, um, yeah, nothing happened that really had to do with the actual Infinity War storyline going on right now. And I don't know if it will eventually tie into it. So I'll pay attention to it just to see if it, you know, how it affects the actual main story. But yeah, like creatively, this was a dud. Like the only thing I caught was Bucky Wong saying this isn't right, and I'm hoping that that's like a a lead into Captain America figuring out that and Steve Rogers, not Steve. God damn it, Stephen Strange figuring out that they're meshed together. Yeah, I guess I don't know. Like it, like he shows up, he's thrown into some like dark like universe or like dimension yeah, he's, by he's put into a dimension and then a ghost bucky shows up because bucky wong dies mm-hmm. and then they which just, that was kind of messed up he's just like bringing back all of his friends the entire time yes that was the one cool point was when they had because you have fucking um dum dum and uh, nick fury mashed up in this which is like they they go with like the most like, on the side characters, they go with the most obvious, like, mashups, mm-hmm. which I didn't like. So you have, like, you know, Dum Dum and uh, Nick Fury mashed up, but then he's talking to him on the battlefield, and he's like, oh, thanks for fixing my eye. But then you see clearly that he has a bullet hole in his forehead, and it's going out the back of his head. So, and he looks kind of, like, greenish mm-hmm. complexion-wise. I was like, oh, God, is he, like, a fucking zombie? Like, did, like, you know, so... It seems like Steve is, like, you know, messing around with the dark arts, you know? So that that was intriguing to me, but I don't know. There was nothing else in this book that I can... I can't recommend this book at all. Mm. <laughs> so unless it, you know, directly ties into the story of Infinity War, which I'm sure it will eventually, but I feel like it's probably something that they could tell in, like, a page, in a memo, like, if you want, or, like, like one of the intro pages. for, um... What is it? Uh... Wolverine mixed with uh, Scarlet Witch oh. just sunk to the ground. I'm like, if they couldn't give me a good enough story with Captain America and, uh, and Doctor Strange together, that's just gone. Yeah, I don't know. I <laughs> This is kind of what I was fearing with this. Mm. So I this felt very 90s. Like those mashup books that they did the last time. like Or not the, the first time DC and Marvel crossed over. This felt very much like that, where mm. it was just paint-by-number storytelling. You know, like, okay, you know, it wasn't cute, it wasn't creative, it was just lazy, it felt like. You know, I know that's harsh, but I don't know, man. It just, it was it was disappointing. It was. So, moving on. Yes, on to the Avengers. World tour begins in the aftermath of their world-shaking battle against the Dark Celestials. The new Avengers team is officially formed, complete with a startling new headquarters at the top of the world. Behold, the wonders of the Avengers mountain. Uh, But someone who doesn't seem impressed is Namor, the ferocious lord of Atlantis, whose rage may turn the ocean's red blood. My God, that was a mouthful, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, Namor's not in this book. No, not to the very end. <laughs> not to the last page. Um, 
So how fucked up is it that their like base is like a dark uh, or one of the celestials like corpses basically? I think it's badass. Yeah, that's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. I they love have a spine elevator. Yeah, that's that's insane. How much money does Black Panther have that he's able to all like, the money? He's like, yeah, right. Especially <laughs> if he's got Tony backing him as well. I mean, it's just yeah, yeah. Especially yeah, I, and he's got so much more money than Tony. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so I mean, that's pretty fucking awesome. And Tony's the one who had like a suit stored on the moon for himself. Mm-hmm. So I mean, okay. give so me some of that Black Panther money. <laughs> um, I thought it was really cool too. Like this seemed like it was like just kind of resetting, you know, the book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, after the first big arc and just like reintroducing, like, you know, how these characters are going to work together, um, what, you know, the mission statement is, um, you know, how these characters are going to interact. We saw Dr. Strange kind of leave the team. Um, it sounds like they're going to work with like seven on the roster right now and like have like, and I kind of heard this in interviews too, like there's going to be like kind of like almost like an Avenger of the week or an Avenger of the month. Which is like, yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, I got that. I figured they were going to do a revolving cast at that point for that one spot. Yeah, which makes sense. Um, You know, because I mean, really, how many Avengers are there out there right now? So Mm -hmm. it's not like if they need someone's power set, they can't just call someone up anyway. So I'm cool with that. Uh, I love that they made Black Panther the leader. You know, I feel like that was long overdue. It makes perfect sense. I did like his hesitation with, you know, the UN being upset with a king being in control well, of the Avengers. Well, another interesting aspect of that, and I don't know if they're going to go this route too, is um, in the um, Illuminati book, the new Avengers book done mm. by um, Hickman, there was some serious fucking beef between uh, Namor and Black Panther. They're basically at war with each other. Um, and I don't know if how that worked with Secret Wars, if that all got kind of washed away, but like they like had a blood feud going. So now that Namor is, you know, it seemed like going to be kind of like the antagonist, the next arc, I'm wondering how if, you know, if that's going to affect Black Panther's like judgment at all. And I don't know where two, those two characters are at, um, but because you're putting Black Panther in charge of the team, but then you have someone like Namor who's attacked, you know, Wakanda multiple times mm-hmm. and caused multiple deaths. So I feel like his judgment is going to be a little skewed. <laughs> so um, we'll see. We'll see. Because I don't quite, and I don't know if they've ever really addressed it, like how much of the lead up to Secret Wars even really happened. Um, or if they kind of erased some of that. Because it mm. got pretty fucking dark um, before everything that happened with, like, Secret Wars. Like, the Avengers stopped happening. Well, it's just like, even... The Illuminati were destroying worlds. Even in, like, X-Men Red, they they show um, T'Challa and him and Namor just openly accepting the X-Men. And That's X-Men right. And... I forgot about that. Because yeah. they do kind of have, like, they're, like... Because uh, T'Challa helps out... Mm-hmm. Uh, basically takes the team in and is Namor with them at that at the point or um, does he come? he's not with the team but he's at the time he, he stands up in the UN with um, T'Challa T'Challa so yeah so maybe that shit didn't happen then you know which is weird and lazy well, but that also <laughs> that's also was my problem with this book is like as knowing that Namor is the next antagonist who is Namor right now because if he's supposed to be like this member of the X-Men Red team is he going to then be also a villain to the Avengers? Well, and... if you look what happens, and I'm sure it's 
classic comic book storytelling where it lasts for an issue and then mm. they're on the same page. So these pirate basically it looks like this submarine is being taken over by Atlanteans and then all of a sudden, you know, they they kill them. I don't know how they don't really show exactly what happens to them, but they're hanging them over, you know, board basically the ship. They're literally hanging from ropes. Um, and then Namor, you know, boards the ship in rage. So it doesn't, he's not like, you know, I'm going to take over the world, classic villain, mm. you know, twirling his mustache or anything like that. It makes sense why he would be enraged by what's happening. Now we'll see if, you know, the Avengers and him, I'm sure they're going to, are going to butt heads over this. But, you know, I, I feel like it's going to be just a couple issues mm. before they're on the same page again, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, I'd like to see them address, you know, the beef between Namor and Black Panther because I feel like it never really was addressed, and I maybe, maybe it didn't happen. You know, yeah, we're all about point. mending fences. You know, so but you're, I mean, right. you're right though with X Men Red, and who knows continuity wise where we're at. Mm-hmm. So that's comic books though, right? Because <laughs> yeah, he's definitely part of that X Men team. So. Um, and he's a big part of their story. And you would think moment. that then that X-Men Red group would actually show up if he's being attacked or mm-hmm. he's in the midst of a battle with the Avengers. You know, since he's part of that team, do they show up? You know, or do we just say that, you know, is in the future, not, you know, this is a story of the past. Gene's dealing with their own shit right now. Because yeah, <laughs> we've seen this group of Avengers like show up in other stories mm-hmm. and it's obviously after everything that happened. With the Celestials, so I don't know where that story was. So, you know, it's comics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, overall, I did enjoy the book. I thought this was an upgrade over the whole, like, Ghost Rider origin story. Mm. Um, I enjoyed that we're kind of seeing this through um, Ghost Rider's eyes. Um, it seems like he's going to be kind of, you know, our way in, like, into the team. And he's going to be kind of, like, the narrator through this and everything. I was hoping he was past high school. I, was I didn't realize he was still that. in high school. Right? Until I this point. Because they haven't addressed it until this point. I was surprised. And maybe he's, like, 18. Maybe he's a senior or anything. Mm-hmm. That they would have him on the team. He's got to at least be 17, 18. If he's, you know, a minor. I can't see Steve allowing him on the team no matter how powerful he was um it just seems a little odd for him to accept you know such a young character on board but i mean i guess they did have miss marvel and you know um you know uh spider-man uh miles morales spider-man on the team at one point too who were both in high school mm. so but I, I have been enjoying robbie though um more than i have in any other book mm. that i've read so i feel like um, Jason Aaron really gets that character, at least for me, um, you know, and is really, you know, I feel like he's telling this story and like the even the last arc, you know, through Robbie's eyes, which is pretty cool. So um, I, I dig the power upgrade that they've done um, with him because he definitely feels more powerful than any other Ghost Rider that I've ever seen. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know where well, I'm it hoping takes that us. there's more story to that as well. Why he's so much more powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we could always ask our friend over at, uh, <laughs> the ghostwriter podcast, uh, you know, and if you are a ghostwriter fan and we're going to do a random shout out in the middle of the episode, we usually save them to the end, but, uh, check out inner demons GR. So, 
uh, obviously, Inner Demons Ghost Rider podcast. So they are a fantastic all things Ghost Rider podcast. Mm-hmm. That if you're a fan of Ghost Rider and you really want to hear more about that character, check them out. They're on iTunes and Stitcher. So, and obviously, we have some questions for him. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, no, uh, I don't know. I I did dig this book. I did enjoy this book. I'm, I'm not huge on Namor being the next arc. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm glad it's not more BC Avengers stuff right off the bat. Because that was kind of my fear that we we're going to go into like a full-fledged like BC Avengers storyline. So it feels like that's going to be kind of interweaving like, yes. throughout arcs, which I'm cool with. So, um, Oh, I did like that the moment between um, Iron Man and um, Carol. Carol yeah. yeah, I thought that was cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tony's such a jerk. Yes. Yeah. She basically <laughs> punches him through the wall, but I like that they're working on that amending fences. Yes. And that, like I said, once again, the fact that they're addressing that, that happened in Civil War II a couple of years ago, and they're not addressing, you know, Namor and Black Panther's, you know, history mm-hmm. would seem off to me. So I really hope that they do address Well, this is their opportunity to. Yes, exactly. So, and like, maybe I missed a book or something where they were like, hey, all that shit didn't happen, which I'm fine with. I must have been reading Black Panther. (laughs) So, so, but yeah, all right. Well, let's move it on. Well, let's talk some more Avengers, right? West Coast. All right. West Coast Avengers number two. You thought giant land sharks were bad? How about the former West Coast Avenger Tigra transform into extremely grouchy, extremely enormous woman? But Tigra isn't the half of it. Who's this insanely handsome man behind the curtain pulling her strings? Hawkeye, Hawkeye, American Chavez, Fuse, Gwenpool, Kid Omega are here to uncover the mystery and save the city of Los Angeles from certain death, but not extreme property damage. They may not be the heroes we need, but they're certainly the ones we deserve. Strap in, folks. I'm so happy that they addressed uh, Modoc being Brodoc right away. <laughs> I guess. Rather than playing it off um, like maybe we don't know if we can trust him, maybe make him a member of the team since we don't have enough members. I know. did find that funny that they're all kind of like whispering like, yes. like we all know that he's really Modoc, right? You know, mm. like so I, I thought that was funny, but I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> this book just is not doing it for me. It had me till the end. I'll say that. I was enjoying it until we got to the end, and then it felt all of a sudden like, oh, this is just going to go like this. Like, this is going to end real fast. Well, I'm fine with it ending fast. <laughs> I <didn't tell. laughs> I, enjoy, I actually enjoyed the end more than I enjoyed most of the book. Like, I hated... I hate everything about the Kid Omega and fucking uh, Gwenpool, like, you know, uh, relationship thing that's happening here. The sexual tension between the (laughs) two that just, you know, randomly. It just feels like a bad sitcom, you know, this whole, like, storyline. And I'm just, I, I feel like the characters deserve more. So, like, I don't mind a comedy-based book, but I feel like this is too on the nose mm. for me. You know, I could see why some people would enjoy this. Not really, but, you know, <laughs> I know there are people out there who, who dig this, you know, style book. But it just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I found myself annoyed throughout this book. So, I I, I hate the concept of Brodox. I hate that. It just is ridiculous. Um, you know, his lab and everything, um, his retelling of his origin, 
Um, you know, it was it was funny, but it wasn't like funny like it wasn't funny enough to be justified. <laughs> um, you know, so like because I enjoyed Deadpool, but like that's funny enough to be just like I can accept that character um, for who he is. I just couldn't deal with this. I just couldn't. I don't know. I don't know. But you you go ahead and review the book. Because obviously I didn't enjoy it. So, Well, no. You're allowed to have a name. Oh, I know. Opinion. I know. I just don't have anything positive to say. So what, what did you like about this book? I mean, I love... I mean, they continue to write Hawkeye, I think, very well. I think this book handles... For Which me, Hawkeye? Um, both Hawkeyes. Okay. I like their interactions together. I like the mission that they go off together with, and they go in and they find out, you know, he's really, you know, in control of Tigra and everything. So their mission, yes, <laughs> and which is, so, I love the moments. I love that he has a lock fine. on his front door, I but he has the on top it. on. I liked it. I the fact that the fact that they distract the villain by like we're gonna go get pizza mm-hmm. and like. <laughs> then they, they sneak off and have him watch Weekend at Bernie's 2. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I never felt like he was a threat. Like, there's not a point where I feel like this is an actual villain, like, you're worried about. And then where the hell did Tigra go? Like, she just, like... He sh- he basically just goes over and gives her a command and she leaves. And she just walks away, yes. right? Okay. I was like, I didn't remember if she, like... No, she doesn't, like, get defeated or whatsoever. Like, she right, she doesn't pass off. out in the middle of the ocean or anything like that. Okay. I don't know, man. Dave, if you're not into this book, you're probably not going to write Oh, this is the last issue I'm reading. I was about to say, I'm like, <laughs> they're coming back with more giant... Yes, uh, there are more giant... It seems like it's going to be more like brainwashed superheroes, mm. I'm guessing. Um, but, yeah, no. Not for me. So, <laughs> Christian will be handling this book uh, throughout, so... Uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, if you if you're digging this, you're digging. It. I know Kelly Thompson has lots of critical praise, but I I haven't read anything else she's done, and this didn't do it for me. Well, next we're on to the life of Captain Marvel number three. Chaos descends on Captain Marvel's small coastal hometown. A deadly Kree warrior has finally tracked Carol home, but just what or who is the invader after? The moment you've been waiting for is here. Margaret Stoll and Carlos, um, Carlos, sorry, not Carlos, Carlos Paccio, Paccio, um, bring you a reveal that will change Captain Marvel's destiny. Well, it's definitely changing her origin. Yes. Um, which I'm fine with. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm not. Her origin doesn't make the character, if that makes any sense for me. It's not like they're changing, like, Peter Parker's origin or anything, like Spider-Man's origin. So, um, I feel like what they did here, basically, they reveal that the letters that we were talking about, you know, Mm -hmm. um, the last few issues, are actually being written to um, her mother. So what we're thinking is, you know, the father writing letters to some other, you know, some alien being, you know, from another, you know, planet, which obviously is a Cree um, alien. But um, we're, we find out in a reveal, which I actually did not see coming, uh, was actually to her mom. So 
I thought that was interesting. I thought that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And it makes a lot more sense, I feel like, for the character, her origins. I know, um, and I might be getting this wrong, but I believe it, in the past it was like basically she got her powers through like a blood transfusion from Captain Marvel. So, um, which is kind of weak. So <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm okay. Yes. It makes a little more sense that, you know, Carol's mother is like, you know, Cree. So that makes a lot more sense to me um just logically which makes no sense comic book wise but whatever <laughs> um it'll, but maybe uh, it'll get further explained yeah no 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 i'm saying it doesn't like you don't usually worry about logic when reading comic books is what my point is so but yeah so i'm 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 cool with that um the story itself like i'm annoyed with the you know the childhood friends you know, and I'm, and I feel like it's the story's moving faster than I thought it was going to. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I was actually. What were your like? Where did you think this was going? Um, well, I mean, if we're going back to the first issue and we have these more deep emotional moments with her, I thought we might not even see her suit up throughout this. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. And I think I kind of talked about that with issue number two. I was surprised that we were moving at such a fast pace. Um, and this was more of that. We did have a lot of like good dialogue between like Carol and her friend, even mm. though I can't stand them. And I, I hate the way that they're writing the accents. Um, that annoys me more than anything. <laughs> yeah, it started to get old real fast in yes, this issue. Yes. Um, you know, they're supposed to be like from Boston and it's just very strong and overdone, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it, I enjoyed like the dialogue between her and her mom, you know, and like, you know, her and her friends, you know, just kind of like where you're kind of like getting, you know, I don't know, more background story of like who Carol really is as a person, um, her past and everything. I like that, you know, Carol does end up like basically having another like anxiety attack i thought that was like a nice aspect because we we touch upon that in the first issue mm-hmm. and in the second issue they don't really talk about that anymore but it's 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 i'm glad that it was that as well because just as easily it could have been like oh the kree warrior had some weird effect on her being in the area and that what's caused it yeah no that's why i was thinking that was going and mm-hmm. i'm glad that they stuck with that yeah, okay. yeah, because I think that's a different layer to that character mm-hmm. that hasn't been introduced in the past that I think really makes that character even more interesting. So if you have her, like, struggling with, like, mental health issues and everything, um, I think that that's great, you know, to see mm-hmm. on the page and everything and such a great, like, you know, story to explore um, that I you don't really see that much in comics, you know, you know, uh, so not mainstream comics at least. So, um, but yeah, I, it feels, and I think we talked about this last time we reviewed the book. It does feel very like CW, like very mm. Smallville to me right now. Just the storytelling, you know, style and everything. Um, I don't know, um, where it's necessarily going. Um, it seems like it's going to be more of a family drama, which I'm okay with. Um, but I, I, I need more from the villain, 
Like, because I know we've got this in like pending threat of the Kree warrior coming towards them, and I honestly thought it was going to be revealed that that Kree warrior was the woman that like her father was corresponding oh, with. That would be interesting. That's I guess. where I was kind of going with. Well, I'm actually happy. I'm happy that mm-hmm. they went with the mom being one because it makes more sense. Like, why would he have copies of letters that he sent to get out that made no sense? Mm-hmm. So, of course, he they they still have the letters because it was to his mom so to her mom so um but yeah yeah i another aspect that i'm annoyed with is like the brother recovering so quickly you know that annoys the shit out of me because i felt like it was such a big accident and she basically has you know retired from the or taken a sabbatical from the revengers for like you know what like they said nine months or something crazy like that Hmm. so it just feels like he's like better like really quickly well he's not fully better at least he's not like i don't know man like it just feels like <laughs> i don't know he is it seems like he has all his memories intact i mean there i don't know mm. it just it feels like that was going to be a bigger part of the storyline and maybe i'm more annoyed because it wasn't the way i thought it was going to play out which you know i'm being that fan i guess but i thought that was going to be more struggle where we'd see her dealing with that guilt and everything from what happened mm-hmm. so well, yeah. Well, again, that I think that fits in a storyline where she's not fighting a villain. Yeah, yeah. More, but I like, thought we were gonna get. I don't know. I felt like this was gonna be kind of like she might get a villain of the week, but we're more exploring Carol's a person, um, or maybe it'd be like a villain of you know every like couple weeks or something like that, where we'd have issues where there would be no villain. Um, so and maybe we'll st- we're still on that track. I don't know. Well, this is only a five-issue run. Oh, is it? Yes. Oh, I didn't realize that. So do you think they're only doing this to kind of line up her origin with, like, maybe the movie's origin? Uh, I mean, it seems like a very cinematic origin. Very yeah. easy to play off in a film better on the audience than, you know, blood transfusion from an alien gave me extreme powers that are stronger than the alien that itself had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Captain Marvel is pretty, the original Captain Marvel is pretty strong. But still, yes, it seems a bit much. A lot for, like, your average audience goer to, like, really, Just like... accept. Yes, exactly. Um, so, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I hope it's not just a way to kind of streamline her origins. Like, I thought that I really thought it was an ongoing. So I was kind of curious to see where they would take it, you know. But that's a little. And maybe if it's successful enough, it will become an ongoing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Marvel's done this before where they tried it. Like, they gave uh, Peter Parker organic web shooters at one point to kind of like line up with, you know, Sam Raimi's mm-hmm. Spider Man movies, which, you know, the fans fucking hated. <laughs> So, um, this feels like one of those times where they're just trying to, like, cater to Hollywood, which is a little disappointing. Um, but I don't mind the origin. I don't mind the reveal of everything. Because, like I, mean, I said, blood transfusion, it's a lot to digest as an <laughs> audience member. It's like, really? That doesn't seem I felt logical. like this book was in a middle ground for me for a while. And then I got to the hook at the end, and I was suddenly drawn more into it. Yes. And I wanted to know, okay, now I really want to know what's going to happen next. I agree. Rather than before, where, like, two, I was like, I could live without this book if I if I left this as one of the books I could drop off the table. Almost if this was the last book I read this week. Mm-hmm. So I was definitely, like, if I don't get to it, I don't get to it. Um, so I definitely agree. 
the last page, you know, with the reveal, that definitely hooked me back into the story. So I agree completely. For the longest time, I thought that beeping sound was the Cree uh, uh, honking the boat. Oh, so I was kind of like, <laughs> oh, this isn't that when they're that's, throwing the beacon. That's really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's a small town. Maybe they can hear it across. Yeah, no. I thought, yeah. I thought that was leading. I could see why you would think that, though. Yeah, because that's how it opens up, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So, all right. Well, moving on, we've got Mister Miracle. Yes, onto the DC side. All right, so Mr. Miracle number 11. Uh, If there's one thing popular fiction has taught us by now, it's never make a deal with the devil. And yet Mr. Miracle is still listening when Darkseid approaches him with just such a devilish proposition. If Scott sends his newborn son to Apocalypse, there will be peace in New Genesis. Since when has Darkseid been famous for his honesty? It'll be a miracle if this doesn't blow up in Scott's face. Another great issue of Mr. Miracle. Agreed. Um, if any, I can't even remember what happened the last issue, to be honest, but this one was fair. That was the uh, uh, birthday party. Oh, yes. That was also a great issue, but for completely different reasons. Yes. yes. Um, I loved all the interactions like leading up to it, during it. The entire confrontation was amazing. Because this is what I lost, I felt, with you know them skipping the fight for Orion. Yes. This yes. is what I was like hoping to see back then. Well, that, and that's what we kind of talked about last time we reviewed the book, was that we really want to see mm-hmm. this confrontation between Darkseid and Mr. Miracle and Big Bardo. So I was glad that we actually got it, and we weren't disappointed at all. I mean, just the fact that we got panels of Darkseid eating, you know, from a veggie tray was enough to sell me on the book, honestly. <laughs> Him chomping I on I couldn't believe sticks. that he was actually eating from that tiny, that was typical grocery store yes. veggie tray. That's hilarious. And the fact that they brought it, you know, with mm. them. Um, I, I really loved everything about this book, um, you know, and... It's one of those books where I struggle where, like, I don't want to give too much away with what happens, but I feel like we almost have to to properly review it, Mm. Um, and we haven't given a shit about spoilers in the past, so why (laughs) should we now? But basically, you have Mr. Miracle defeating Darkseid, the great almighty Darkseid, which I was on the edge of my seat throughout the entire book. Yes, because that's not to say that Darkseid didn't fight back. No, he did. And I thought they were about to go down for the count. I really did. When he fucking uh, smashes Big Barda. I thought she was dead. I was like, oh my fucking God, this is too heartbreaking. I can't handle this. (laughs) You know, especially because they've got their kid there and everything. Mm. I was like, oh my God. And like, he's like, Mr. Miracle at one point is laying in a puddle of his own blood and like the kid's like crawling around him. I was like, I can't. I This is rough. But then, you know, the fact that he's able to stand up and he pulls the fucking sword out of the veggie tray and attacks, you know, Darkseid with it. It came out of the veggie tray? Yes, it came I thought it was in the fucking um, stroller. I thought it was just attached to the side. No, the first weapon that Barda pulls out is underneath the the stroller. stroller. Wow. Um, It was in the veggie tray. It was, I believe so. Um, I don't have to go back and look to verify, but I'm pretty sure it's in the fucking veggie tray. So, um, just a great moment, um, you know, but even the shit, the little stuff, like him basically, um, 
you know, tearing out his eye to give um, Big Barda the yeah, uh, anti-life equation. Yes, yes. That was just graphic and awesome, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and then the fact that, you know, Scott, you know, when he attacks him, is attacking him right in the fucking eye, you know, to make sure that it's not an issue. Um, you know, that he can't, you know, you know, do anything else because who trusts Darkseid, mm. you know? So um, he made sure to go after the eyes and it worked for him. But then at the end, we have uh, Metron. Metron. Metron yes. show up and I'm not a new god guy. <laughs> so either. if I'm mispronouncing that, I apologize. I believe it's Metron. Um, shows up and what did you get out of the conversation that they have? For me, it's like maybe all of this was a setup for a trap to trap um, uh, Mr. Mr. Miracle. Like, because he's always escaping from everything. He's always got an answer for absolutely everything. Maybe this was some villain's grand plot to finally trap him. Yeah. But at the same time, you you made a good point to say this is... Well, it could still be that, though. Hmm. It could be... I felt like Metron, it, like, brought, like, basically... Because he... Okay. So, basically, Metron alludes to, like, Scott isn't where he's supposed to be. Like, this isn't almost... Hmm. Like, for me, it felt like he was saying this wasn't his reality. Because um, then he goes on, like, there's a whole other world out there. And then they show in this giant fucking splash page, basically, the DC universe that we know of now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's all the characters, um, Orion's there, um, the High Father's there too in the background. I don't know if you caught that. So like everyone's there. Um, and it's definitely the continuity that we're following in the other DC books. So it almost felt like this is a different reality that Scott is. So I don't know if Metron put Scott in this reality to like, I don't know, test him or to teach him a lesson. I had no mm-hmm. idea. You know, so it kind of leaves it open, like, yes. where the hell we're going. And we only have one mm-hmm. more issue left. So I'm sure we're going to get answers, hopefully, next issue. Uh, but, yeah, I. how do you feel about that reveal? If that is true, if that's the case. You know, it's better than a, this was all a dream, I'm dying in the tub type of ending. Oh, God, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't. That so, would be so depressing. <laughs> I would be fine with it. I hope that, you know... The baby gets to go with them. I hope it's not a, like, oh, ripped, like... God, yeah. This isn't real. You know, keep the child here. We have to go to the actual reality. Like... Oh, that would be heavy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope... I, that would be, definitely be heartbreaking. So, I hope that's not the case. But I could definitely see them go that route. I know. So, um, which is pretty messed up. Um, I, I'll be curious to see how Scott takes all this, mm-hmm. you know, since basically he's defeated Darkseid in his, you know, mind. And I don't know if it was a way of Metron, like, showing Scott what's possible for him, you know, if he really, you know, it's possible. Puts, put his There's, mind to it's it. It's so open. There's a lot, especially with the way this has been written, mm-hmm. throughout, like, all of this could still technically be a damn dream. Yeah. Or he could be dead. Yeah. This whole time. I felt like there wasn't... You didn't get the glitches, though. Yes. Right? In this issue. Like, I don't remember any glitchy panels. Because it felt like in, like, the past issues, whenever, like, there was a big moment, there'd be, like, a little glitch that you would get. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was their way of showing you that, you know, this isn't what it seems. Um, but, yeah. So, I didn't notice that. I didn't feel like it was as glitchy. So, um, it... I don't know. It's... 
An awesome story, though. Mm. I mean, if you're not reading this book, what are you doing? Pick up this book. I, absolutely. Um, I know it was just National like, Comic Book Day, <laughs> yes. and all I posted about was Mr. Miracle. So, <laughs> you know, because I feel like this is the kind of book where you don't have to be into comics to enjoy it. Mm. Like, you could pick it up. Like, I knew shit about the new gods. I had a very, like, rudimentary, like, understanding of what the hell was going on with, you know, the new gods and their history. But I, I mean, this book, like, hooked me right from the first issue. So, um, I highly recommend this book. It just, from the beginning, it starts off with, this is something different. Yeah, I think that's great. In this grand spectrum of very similar storylines nowadays that we get on a like regular basis look at dc uh, uh with justice league and marvel with the avengers exactly I, like last the last arcs felt <laughs> very similar you know mm. um just the parallels of each other so i agree 100 um, percent. and king's just been killing it in general like i've been trying to catch up on batman and like i just keep coming across story moments that are just incredible really yes like i'm like oh if I'm going to get an image of Batman, it's going to be that with I Am Suicide next to it. Because that was just like, I love that issue. When you when you say you get an image of Batman, you're talking about like a tattoo of yes. Batman? Oh, because <laughs> he pointed to your arm. So, <laughs> this is a podcast. Yes, I know. I can't Audio only. <laughs> but uh, that's that's crazy, man. That's, I, I, what, how many issues are you into that arc? Um, until his run I should say because it's I think I should be on 40 by now oh wow so I've caught I'm almost I'm 15 behind wow that's impressive reading (laughs) so right they're they're so binge bingeable really okay like they just go 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 there's a lot of writing but they're still the wedding and spoilers if you're not up to date on Batman but there's a wedding that Mm -hmm. happens the wedding takes place in issue 50 right yes oh so you're you're really close oh Mm -hmm. awesome all right, well, maybe we'll actually start reviewing that <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, well, if we haven't gotten the point across, though, fucking read Mr. Yes. Miracle. <laughs> all right, so Justice League number eight. Uh, part two of the Legion of Doom storyline focuses on Lex Luthor's recruiting efforts, and this time around, he's targeting both Cheetah and Black Manta for membership. Lex, wait, what? All right. Anyways, Lex knows just what buttons to push to acquire his super-powered muscle. And this issue, it's all about getting revenge on Wonder Woman and Aquaman, respectively. Uh, we bet they signed right up as soon as they find out Lex has medals. Batman, who laughs, locked up in Doom headquarters. Were they already part of the team this whole time? Yeah. Was... Yeah, it seems a little weird, but I, I yeah. Okay. They're on. They're definitely. I'm sorry for that pause, but I just like I read that that and I was like, "This isn't right." (laughs) This kind of gave you a glance of why they are part of the team. Yes. Um, It seems like Lex is, you know, trying to figure out how to tap into the totality, and he's made some promises to more so, I guess. Black Manta, Manta yeah. more than like, I think we're gonna get another issue. Yeah, I'll explain Cheetah's motivations more, but basically, Black Manta wants to just wipe out mm. all the Atlanteans. So um, that's you know all he's like basically you know talking about the entire <laughs> time when they're on their little mission where how he, he wants them to, to beg for life and then he's just going to give them death. Yes, yes, <laughs> pretty much. So um, yeah, not a nice guy. <laughs> um, 
I enjoy the interactions between Lax and uh, the man who laughs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt a very strong, like, Hannibal, Silence of the Lambs vibe. Um, you know, he's got him basically locked up in this impossible fucking prison um, with layers and layers of things that he would have to escape to get out. Um, but knowing at the same time that he probably could if he wanted yes. to. And, you know, this version of Batman lets him know right off the bat, yeah, I could get and out I'll, if I want to. And I'll tell you this. That moment was fine. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they doubled down on it bothered me at the time. Well, how so? What do you mean by They started off with having, you know, they show the other members wait, like watching Lex go to go meet him. Mm-hmm. And um, beforehand, you get Joker pretty much explaining why he doesn't like that this situation is happening. And that Batman can get out whenever he wants. This is still a Batman. And mm-hmm. then you go to um, the man who laughs. And he's like, I can get out whenever I want. So they they have two moments where they're pretty much explaining Batman's a badass in this scenario. I can get out whenever I want. And that I don't know why. I was just it like, you, yeah, I was like, okay, I get it. I still like Joker. I like seeing Joker scared because mm-hmm. you don't see that much. Like even when he's laughing, he's like, "I hate that laugh." Um, I thought that was hysterical because uh, Sinestro's scared, Gorilla mm-hmm. Ward is scared. Um, you know, and they all have moments where they show like how terrified they are of this character. So I felt it brought weight to him. Um, so if you didn't read Metal, um, you would know like, okay, like this. This is some serious fucking shit here you're dealing with. Um, I I think it was more... I think maybe that moment happened where he kind of explains why he can get out was to show you that he still possesses the dark metal because mm. um, he basically unrolls it from his tongue. I just think he could have done that whole motion mm. without saying, I can get with out whenever the, I Without want. the dialogue. And I know that's just... Pretty much nitpicking at this point, mm-hmm. but it's just like I that's don't know. Why it I just irked me, and that's I what refuse I went... to review West Coast Avengers. So <laughs> I, I get it. So. That irked me, and that kind of brought that conversation down for me from that point. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's still a great moment for both of these characters, and I liked seeing them work together. And I still, I'm still very much into the man who laughs. Yeah, and I so. think I, I definitely, I, I agree. Where it could have been a stronger panel if he just kind of, you know reveals the pick without necessarily mm. saying anything. Maybe just say dark metal and that's it. Like, now, did Lex need to stab his own cheek with it or... No, he's just a weird creep. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. Right? I was like, oh um, man, you're... You're, <laughs> you're kind of fucked up, Flex. Because yeah, they don't even... Break, like he's just sitting there like kind of picking at his cheek. Yeah, that was a weird moment. So he's a creepy bastard. I don't know what to tell you there. <laughs> but I, I thought it... Once again, I thought it added to the scene. I was I was okay with that. So these are two very fucked up individuals. I like that he was addressing him as Batman too, because I feel like he aesthetically he looks more like the Joker. But I like the fact that they make sure you understand that this is Batman. This is an insane Batman, and that is terrifying to think about. You know, mm-hmm. to have you know the capabilities of Batman and be able to do all the things that Batman do, but you have the insanity of the Joker infecting him. I mean, that's one dangerous fucking villain. So, um, you know, that basically he's bragging that he could get out at any point that he wants to, and that yeah, you know, basically because he's really going to him to try to get answers about the totality here. 
but the Joker's kind of messing with him. Like, he kind of rubs in, like, I could tell you, but I'm not going to tell you. And, you know, I don't know much, but I do know something, you know, in a roundabout way. Um, where he's, he seems like he's going to release him. And this is where I get kind of confused. But then he doesn't really yeah. release him. And maybe we're supposed to think that happened off panel or... So it, it, it seems like him walking away and he's not unlocking chains. Oh, maybe he thinks I need to get far away before I release <laughs> Uh But yeah, that was a little weird because it definitely felt like you were gonna, it seemed like they came to like a conclusion, like mm. they have a deal now. So um, I, yeah, I thought that was a little bizarre, but I'm okay if they have more interactions like this too. Like if he's gotten captive and there's a point where he has to release him. Yeah. Um, so, but, um, what else happened in this book, though? Was that pretty much the whole book? Um, we have Black Manta and Cheetah hunting down pretty much Poseidon. Oh, that's and, right. Uh, wiping him out. Yes, to drown the world. Yes, yes. So. Once Poseidon's gone, usually that means water is not going to be controlled. <laughs> yes, yes. He basically says, you fools, the, the earth will mm. drown. Um. It's gonna be God of War style. So, I, now I'm... I didn't really understand their motives behind that, though. Like, what was what was Lex going to get out of that? Because they're on a mission mm. for Lex. This isn't them working on. I their mean, own. they talk about Black Manta achieving some type of power, but they don't explain mm-hmm. how he's going to receive it. What is the power? Yeah, and why they're there to really kill him. Yeah, yeah. It was still a cool scene and everything, and it seems like I like into like. Uh, What's her name? Cheetah's like her like claws released yes. with something. I don't understand. Something from I think it's from Amazon. Is I'm it? Where she's able to cut his throat very easily. Mm-hmm. Like they're able they're able to take him out very quickly. Also, I like the dialogue between the two characters too because they do mention like things don't work out. We go our own way. You know, like Black Manta. It doesn't have any loyal loyalty to Lex. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if he doesn't get what he wants out of the deal, then he's not afraid to walk. Um, you know, and still go over what he'll get. So he, they could turn on Lax at any moment. So, which I feel like is a little obvious, obviously, with, you know, a group of villains, a team of villains, mm. but I liked the way they kind of, like, set that up. So, but yeah, overall, I thought it was a strong issue. I, I, I don't know. I, I enjoyed um, the reintroduction of the man who laughs into the storyline. So it was like the one takeaway from Metal that I'm mm. okay with still being around, you know. I don't need the nymph metal or whatever the hell it's called, you know, rearing its ugly head at any point. So, but yeah, that that was the one character that I enjoyed probably the most in that whole series. Mm. So, I don't know. It's fucking cool. <laughs> yes. Visually, I mean, fucking, yeah, he is. It's a stunning character. It really is. So, I can't wait How to does see all the... See? He's Batman. He doesn't need to see. <laughs> I don't know, man. There's just a screen in there. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's got kind of like a setup like that. It almost looks like uh, what's his name, right? From uh, Star Trek. What's his name? I guess Jory. <laughs> Jordy. No. Right. Does he have like a weird like? What's his name? It's Jordy. That's kind of... Is it Jordy? Yes. Isn't it? That's Fucking Reedy Rainbow guy, right? Yeah. That's not his name, though, is it? Hold on. Jesus Christ. Are we on mic still? <laughs> we are still live. Okay, hold on. I'm Pretty looking sure it up right he's now. not Jordy. What's his name? It's like I got Jordy right here. It's spelled with a G. Huh. Yeah. Okay, you're right. Jordy LaForge. Right. 
Don't tell me about the next generation. <laughs> I didn't like the next generation, so I don't care. Anyway. Uh, do it for comics today. Let's move on to wrestling. Let's move on to wrestling. Hi, I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And we're from the St. Paul Filmcast. And we talk movies. Yeah, we talk independent, local, classical, modern, and even new films. And where can they find us, Nick? Well, you guys can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can also find us on Twitter at ST Paul Filmcast. Hope you show up. Yeah, we hope so. Um, once again, that's the St. Paul Filmcast. And now back to your regular scheduled programming. I always wanted to say that. All right, so this week on Raw, it was the Shield Show. This whole three-hour episode was really just revolving around S.H.I.E.L.D. drama. Um, it felt like they kind of forgot about the rest of the angles of the show, so I don't really have much to say about Raw. <laughs> I'll be honest. This was... Will Dean turn on the S.H.I.E.L.D.? Like, mm-hmm. um, I'm not a huge fan. Like, we kind of thought, like, there'd be a turn happening at some point with Dean, especially the way he came back and everything. Kind of in this, like, new persona and everything. Just... It felt like, okay, we could see him definitely turning eventually, um, you know, sooner than later. Well, they're just kind of putting all the cards on the table. And, you know, you basically have the Dogs of War, which I don't even know if they're still going by because they haven't said in the last couple of weeks. Mm. So maybe they realize that's a shit name. So <laughs> I don't know. Or they're like, there's not even a reason to name this faction because it's not going to last past the month. I don't know. But... Anyway, you have the shield out in the middle of the ring to start off the show. Because, of course, you have to have Roman in the ring to start off the show. Of course. They got a good reaction. Uh, But, yeah, so then in the middle of their little spiel, the Dogs of War come out and they start confronting Dean and saying, you know, Dean, you know, they're using you. Why are you letting this happen? You know, um. You know, I was, Dolph kept on referencing SmackDown, how, you know, when him and Dean were on the show together on SmackDown, Dean was the champion, mm-hmm. he was doing his own thing. That's when he was shining the brightest, when he was away from Seth and Roman. Um, you Damn know, right. Just kind of like, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> just really trying to like, you know, get into Dean's brain mm. and, you know, trying to sway him. You know, plant those seeds of a turn. So, I thought that was interesting the way they brought it up. I was I, I like the surprise, you know, turn kind of what we got with like Seth, mm-hmm. you know, when he originally, you know, stabbed the shield in the back. But I'm fine with that. But then they kept on going back to it throughout the entire show. Like there was multiple segments with them like talking in the back. It was just too much. Like, it felt like a high school locker room. It was just, I don't know. It just felt like they went to the well too many times with it, where you had, like, them confronting Dean again, and then, you know, Seth confronting Drew, basically trying to reverse it on Drew, saying, hey, Dolph is using you. Braun doesn't give a shit about you. You know, um, you know, and then you had Drew going to Dean. Like, like, it was like, okay, this is too much. Um, it felt like an episode of like Degrassi, like, <laughs> like it was just, I don't, I don't get it. 
And then in the meantime, like, I felt like no one else got anything, like, to do on the show. There wasn't much else happening on the show. It was all, like, revolving around this angle. So, you know, and for a three-hour show, that's saying a lot. Like, the angle wasn't strong enough. Like, I don't mind, like, a through, like a thread to follow throughout the entire, like, episode of Raw. But it just wasn't strong enough to, mm. like, carry three hours. So, um, it was a little disappointing. It basically ends with, like, Dean literally in the middle of both teams. You know, he's on, you know, the, the floor and, you know, the shield's in the ring and the dogs of war are up the ramp. And he kind of is, like, sitting there looking between both of them and he finally, you know, joins the shield in the ring and they celebrate their victory. Um... You did have a good match between um, Drew and Dolph against um, The Revival. Uh, it was a really good match. If they had five minutes longer, um, I would actually put it up there for like one of the top tag team matches of the year. Okay. Um, they were just fucking, man, they were clicking. They got like really good chemistry together. And it, it was nice to see The Revival shine like because they were booked as the baby faces in this so they were really kind of you know getting their moment in the sun it was nice to see them get like real Mm. offense in and it was also it was interesting to see them kind of both work those kind of like you know dirty tag team tactics you know against each other because i'm that they're both really good as tag teams even though like dolphin drew are you know still pretty young team Mm -hmm. you know together they definitely do all those classic tag team tropes in the ring they know how to work a tag match so it was a really good classic tag team match and i enjoyed it because there was a few points where it actually got me thinking that the revival that the revival might actually win a match now they didn't so but um i don't know i don't know i'm sure they're just going to drop the belts to the shield at some point unfortunately but um yeah yeah but for a moment there i thought oh the revival might actually go over here so she'll um, run the world yeah so but yeah i could still foresee a turn happening with dean i feel like this was planting those seeds um and maybe at one of the you know overseas shows you get a turn because i know they have a I think almost like a Survivor Series style match, um, the Dogs of War against yeah. the Shield at Super Show. At Super Show, that's the Australian show, right? So maybe that happens there. Maybe then you get that out of nowhere, you know, quote unquote, you know, turn happen. Um, so I, I don't know, I don't know, because the way it ended, it definitely felt like he made his choice. But mm. you know, we've watched wrestling for a long time now. <laughs> we know there's a reason why they laid that on the table for us. So um, not that it wasn't already kind of there. Yeah. Oh, do we want to talk about Brie? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> so, I mean, we would be out of our minds not to talk oh, about Brie Bella. Oh, my gosh. So, we get a match between the Bellas and uh, Natty and going against uh, the Riot Squad. And during the match, Brie is doing the yes kicks. Mm-hmm. Um, and she ends up kicking Liv Morgan in the head. Yes. Twice, pretty hard. Knocking her out. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not laughing because it was funny. I'm laughing because it's just so awful. Um, 
she r- tries to do a roll up. It's I mean, in that spot, it's hard to figure out what the hell's going on. I think Liv was probably answering her at one point because they do try to get up, and she's trying to get her to the corner, and they fall just awkwardly before they reach the corner um, to tag out. And then there's a spot in there, too, where, like, she's supposed to get, like, catapulted into Ruby Riot for a forearm. But then, for some reason, Brie decides to do the forearm to Ruby Riot, which completely caught her off guard. And you could tell she was a little pissed off. And she got in the ring without tagging, which threw off her partner completely (laughs) and uh, kicks uh, (laughs) Brie. So it was was a a sloppy match, to say the least. Um Accidents happen in the ring. Um, but it does show you the importance of being ring ready. Uh-huh. And I think I mean, this maybe, is consecutive accidents. Well, what's the other accident well, you're talking of? I'm what talking about her Her dives have been terrible. That was last month, though. Was that last month? Yeah, Has it, it been last a month? month. It's last month. It's not like it was a week ago. Because, I mean... I know the internet's, like, eating this up right now, mm. and they're shitting all over, and I get it. But, I mean, I once again, I feel like it's because it's a Bella. You know, hardcore wrestling fans don't want to see the Bellas, mm. so it's just another thing to hang your hat on. Um, but that being said, I mean, I do agree. Like, I feel like maybe she came back without properly preparing, maybe. Um, but I, once again... I've seen Sasha Banks miss plenty of dives. I've seen Seth Rollins injure, you know, plenty of wrestlers. So I know injuries happen in the ring. It's part of life. I've seen Owen Hart almost cripple Stone Cold in the ring. So, I mean, it's unfortunate. Um, It seems like she carried herself in the right way afterwards where she was checking in on her. And, you know, she even put out a tweet. Yeah, they publicly apologized. So, So, um you know, letting people know it was an odd fucking purpose. But yeah, you know, before you come back, maybe hit the performance center, you know, <laughs> for a month or something, you know, because uh, it's not, I mean, she was, she's been out for a while. Mm-hmm. It's not just like she was wrestling, you know, right before. And she's got know. a husband that will definitely help her. At yeah. Any time. And I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, but like I said, accidents fucking happen. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. It just felt like she was catching more shit than like Sasha Banks caught when she basically ended Paige's career. You know, Mm. I mean, she was the one who kicked her in the head, you know, that, you know, caused her to re-injure her neck. Now, Paige has come out and said, I called that spot, you know, don't give any heat to Mm. Sasha. But I didn't hear people like clamoring for Sasha Banks's head on a spike. You know, like I hear like yes. them going after Brie here. Yeah, I mean, yes, the the heat is mostly just because they are Bellas. Yes, and I part. trust me, I don't want to see the Bellas wrestle ever again. <laughs> I don't need the Bellas on this card at all. But in all fairness, relax, people. Um, and then TMZ and like Wrestling Inc are reporting that you know Liv had a concussion. Oh, really? Yes. Well, because it's a Bella. That's why TMZ is reporting mm. on it. So otherwise they wouldn't give a shit. You know? <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah. That's pretty much Raw, though. That was that was it. Yep. A um, straight kick to the face. Yes. I Once again, these shows feel like they're treading water, you know, because they've got these super shows. And it's not like we're out. trying to be negative. We're not. No, no. I want to love the show. Mm. Trust me. And there are aspects like I love that match between, you know, the Revival and, you know, Drew and uh, uh, Dolph. But 
Otherwise, there just wasn't much happening. And I feel like, I mean, the ratings are really, you know, reflecting that right now. This was the lowest rated Raw in history. In history. Mm -hmm. That says a lot right now. And I think a lot of it has to do with the belt being, you know, on Roman. Because a lot of fans, I feel like, because it's been consecutively going down the last five or six weeks. So when did Roman get that belt? Five or six weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yes, you have the start of the football season happen too. But football season starts every time around this year, you Mm -hmm. know, every year around this time. So it's not like anything new. You know, they do see a dip, but not like this, not this drastic. So I think it's a direct reflection on their booking of Raw. So I think it's unfortunate because once again, they're trying to hide Roman in the shield. Mm. It's not working because still when Roman gets on that mic, they still boo him. You know, they cheered the shield initially when they came out. But once it was Roman's turn to get on that mic, they booed the shit out of him. And now you don't even have him wrestling. That that title's not even on the line at Supercard. You have to wait to November to see that title get defended. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's these shows, it's the booking. It's just, I don't know. It's like the perfect storm right now. You know, so. But SmackDown, I will say, I felt like it was a much better show. I feel like the angles are more interesting right now. I'm more invested in it. Um, it was just well put together. Their matches get more time, which is weird because it's a two-hour show opposed to like a three-hour show. Um, but it feels like it's just, I don't know, a better book show in general. So I, God, even the R-Truth stuff, like the, the show started off with R-Truth taking over Ms. TV. So you had Truth TV and it was him at Carmella. I laughed a few times, like out loud laughed a few times, um, just because our truth is so ridiculous. Um, and he was in the middle of this serious, like angle between Daniel Bryan and the Miz and Daniel Bryan was his guest on the show, but he was openly like making Daniel Bryan laugh (laughs) at times during the segment. So it was hard not to laugh. Um, it's still, it was funny, but it didn't downgrade that angle okay you know so um i thought it was well done enough where it still like didn't hurt anything that they had going on so basically miz ended up like rest after everything happened with the segment and everything and there was literally like seven second dance breaks between like our truth and uh, yes it's it's that stupid it was a stupid fucking (laughs) but he pulled it off he pulled it off so, and I'm just happy for our truth to be getting this much TV mm. time right now. So, because, like, we, we forgot about him. Literally. Like, he was gone off the air for a year. And we're, we didn't even notice until he showed up. So, I'm happy that the guy's getting a little, like, a last run. Because I do feel like he'd probably end up being an agent or something mm. like that for them. Um, so, I mean, the guy's got plenty of experience and lots of knowledge. And he's great at what he does. So... But yeah, so they're doing like seven second dance breaks um, in the middle of the segment, just once or twice. It was an overdone. But I still don't understand why Carmella's a, a face now. She dyed her hair. She's not blonde anymore. What? Yeah, she's like a brunette now. So um, she it looks like a totally different person. <laughs> like, it's bizarre, like how different she looks. Are they trying to change her character at all or? 
Well, she's a face, so they're definitely yeah, changing her but... character, but yeah, she's still Carmella. Okay. Like, it's not anything drastic. But yeah, she's a brunette now. So, um, yeah, so then you, you get Miz wrestling R-Truth for his show. Basically, Paige set that up. You know, Miz wins in a way that, you know, still gets him heat, you know. Um, you know, he actually believed for a second that our truth was going to win. It was a decent match between those two, and it got a couple segments. So that was nice to see. It wasn't just a, a straight job or anything. They let our truth get some offense in. Um during the match, another thing I enjoyed was Daniel Bryan was doing commentary and he was actually putting the Miz over as a wrestler. Because I feel like WWE does not do mm. that at all. You know, they kind of make him into this like weasel character who just gets by what he does. Daniel Bryan is very talented on commentary. And we saw that with the Cruiserweight Classic. Um, he knows how to put wrestlers over. And he did that with The Miz. And you kind of got like his honest, I felt like it was his honest opinion about him. Um, you know, how, you know, at first, yeah, it was a shit show. But, you know, through years and years of wrestling, you know, he's an accomplished, you know, athlete in the ring. Um, and he did a good job of getting him over. It's like, okay, no, this, this guy's a legitimate threat. So, um, you know, he still poked fun at him here and there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I thought it was a job well done. You know, it made more sense to why you would see Daniel Bryan lose a match to The Miz. You know, it, gave, it made him more of a threat, um, you know, which I thought was important. Because the commentators don't do that enough with him you know, to really put him over as a wrestler. They don't do that. They just kind of put him over as a personality. They never talk about his wrestling skills, which, I mean, if you look at what he does, and this is going to sound like blasphemy, <laughs> but his his offense, he doesn't have more offensive moves or less offensive moves than like Ric Flair or anything. You know, and he's very much in that vein of wrestler when he's a heel. He's very conniving and he just gets by with mm -hmm. what he does. You know, um, so he's very much in that vein. Now, he's nowhere near as talented as Ric Flair, but he is that style of heel wrestler. So I feel like they could do more to put that over. Um, you know, just how smart he is in the ring. You know, he outsmarts wrestlers. Yeah. That's what he does. So, but um, yeah, uh, they, I, I loved what they did with Joe and AJ again. I mean, they've added more steam to that feud. Um, they had a contract signing for uh, the, I think it's the Australian match. I, I'm pretty sure it's not the uh, Saudi Arabia match. I'm getting them both confused. They, Do they have a booked match for Saudi Arabia? No, I okay. don't believe so. I believe this is taking place. I hope it's taking place. <laughs> so, but uh, they're having a no DQ match okay. um, in Australia. The Super Show, right? Is the Super Show? Mm. Just a lazy name, too. Like, really? <laughs> um like, Saudi Arabia gets, like, greatest Royal Rumble, and they just get Super Show. Um, but, so, yeah, so you basically have them, you know, come out for a contract signing. Aegis at the ring first. Samojo's music hits. Samojo doesn't show up. So Aegis, like, what the hell's going on? Then all of a sudden you see on the Tyndron, Samojo, like, walking down a street, you know, holding his, like, phone up, you know. Basically, it felt like he was filming himself. Um, 
And then you realize, you know, he's at AJ's house because you see the mailbox first and it says Styles on it. And Styles, like, you know, visibly, visually, like, you know, reacts right away in the ring. And then, you know, Samojo goes over to the porch and he sits down and he's just slowly taunting AJ, you know. You know, in that Samoa Joe way. Mm. Samoa Joe, yeah, he can scream and holler on the mic, you know, 80s style heel if he wants to. But he also does that, like, that methodical kind of, you know, like, promo where he's just kind of taunting and playing mind games, you know, with his, you know, opponent. And that's what he was doing here. Where it's all about, like, am I going to go in? Am I not going to go in? Just kind of building that tension the entire time. And the whole thing just ends with, like, Samoa Joe ringing the doorbell. And then it cuts to black. So you've got, like, you know, basically AJ, like, at a fever pitch. Like, you know, what's going on? He's kind of stuck. He's thousands of miles away mm. from his family. And, you know, they've got Samoa Joe knocking on the door. <laughs> so um, that was, and that was actually, I, that was the last segment. So I was happy to see, finally, yeah, the WWE title get, like, kind of, like, the last segment of the show. It's been a while. Yeah. Yes, it's been booked more like the TV title than like the championship title, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. Uh, Becky's more of a heel right now on SmackDown. She just randomly jumps Charlotte in the middle of a photo shoot. She's still fucking with Charlotte, even though she has the title, uh, which was nice to see. Uh, you had a little segment between uh, Lana and Rusev and uh, Aiden English, where Aiden English like implied that something happened in Milwaukee. Um, they did a little package showing like the history between Aiden English and Rusev, which was nicely done. They know how to do their promo packages, um, kind of added weight to the relationship in a way that like I wouldn't even think, oh yeah, you know, really Aiden kind of brought Rusev into his own and everything. But then Aiden turned around and said, really, it wasn't until Lana came into the picture that, you know, everything started going downhill. And then they played a little promo package about that. Um, he basically states that, you know, yeah, you know, you're so honest with Rusev and everything, and, you know, you say all these things, but what about Milwaukee? And then he just drops the mic and walks away. <laughs> and then, you know, Lana's kind of stuck in the ring, like, yeah, what does he, what, nothing happened in Milwaukee, what are you talking about, you know? And it kind of leaves it hanging, so, like, something happened. So, and supposedly, Aiden has evidence of something happening in Milwaukee that he's going to share with the audience next week. Now, during this, the reason I brought this up, mm-hmm. because... It is what it is. It's a mid-card angle. You know, who knows what the fuck happened in Milwaukee. The crowd literally started chanting Milwaukee. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, that night, too, they had... Becky was having a match against Lana, which seems, like, ridiculous. You know, it just feels like they're just not even the same caliber. Uh, But, anyway, so... Uh, Rusev and Lana are talking backstage and all of a sudden like Becky just comes out of nowhere interjects and you know Lana's like hey this has nothing to do with you what's your your problem you know and she's like you're part of the women's division it has everything to do with me I run this division now so she is very much that cocky heel that we saw last week still so it seems like they're still going forward with her being a heel it doesn't feel like she's like in that middle ground that in between her role um, it feels like they're trying to push her as a heel. You know, mm. the way she jumps Charlotte, you know, the way she's talking down to the other wrestlers. Yeah, so I, I thought that was curious because we really felt like, you know, they were kind of pumping the brakes on the whole, you know, Becky Lynch as a heel thing. But 
Yeah. She's still fucking over, though. Let me tell you. (laughs) Uh, I guess we also had um, some events happen in New Japan recently. Yes. uh, We got the uh, last destruction event over the weekend, and we actually had a little turn happen with the uh, Chaos Faction. So uh, Okada was unsuccessful at his bid to get the contract for uh, um, Wrestle Kingdom. So you had... um, Tanahashi and Okada in the ring together. All of a sudden, Switchblade comes out of nowhere, attacks both of them, takes them out. So then you had Yoshihashi. Yes. Stumble down to the (laughs) ring. I don't know what the hell happened. Uh, And yeah, very awkwardly, like slowly climbed into the ring. So Uh I think he actually hurt himself uh, and got involved, but he was taken out quickly. And then Gato came out um, and everyone assumed that he was there to help Okada, even though they kind of parted their separate ways. They're still part of chaos together mm-hmm. and everything. And and then, um, lo and behold, that wasn't the case. Gato mm-hmm. took the chair from Switchblade and then, you know, snuck behind Okada and... It was a little telegraph, but he ended up hitting Okada in the back with the chair. Um, and then they worked together. It seems like Okada or uh, Gato and Switchblade are now together. So um, he said, you know, a new era coming soon, basically, at the end. So And the uh, the American announcers, at least, were saying this was now um, Chaos would be run by Jay White. Now, I don't know how that works with most of... Chaos kind of being still on Okada's side or being yeah, faced. Yeah, because you had Rocky Romero also um, confront Jay White when mm-hmm. he was trying to get a chair from them. And Jay White ended up pushing him down. And Rocky's a big part of Chaos right now with mm-hmm. Fungi 3K. So, I don't know. I don't, It feels very much like what's going on with the Bullet Club. Mm-hmm. You might have like I a could, split like happen in the middle of chaos. I could easily see Rapungi 3K though turn on Rocky. Rocky. Yeah. yeah, I could see that too, right? Because um, he hasn't been doing anything exactly. for them. <laughs> so that would be interesting. But then uh, Rapungi 3K had a lot of beef with Jay White during you know mm. the G1 too. Um, but maybe that's just water underneath the bridge at this point. Because Jay White wasn't like tagging himself in. I think he even like came to blows with them at one point. So, um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they turned on Rocky. So, who else is part of that faction though? Would you put Ishii? Would Ishii turn too? Because Ishii's tagging with uh, Okada this weekend. Hmm. I mean, that would be cool, but I, I don't see them doing that. With yeah, Ishii. I don't. I feel like his character is just this. You know, for, so for maybe on. those guys leave chaos you know the fa- the more faces like leave chaos like osprey is also part of uh, mm. chaos right now so i don't know who he would side with i don't think I'd there's like any to see osprey turn um, yeah kind of... i could see that too mm. but i don't think there's any love loss between him and jay white either so jay white is you know kind of made himself you know the lone villain mm. <laughs> in that faction um so it's interesting that gato is sided with him and we'll see if more follow. So, I mean, I thought that was a cool like turn of events, though. I didn't see it coming. You know, it, what one to be critical of New Japan, the one thing that I heard, um, you know, just listening to interviews, I guess they don't talk to their production team about the angles that they're shooting like beforehand. And I don't know how true this is. 
So I feel like sometimes the cameramen aren't in the right position. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of ruins like certain angles and shots. Like this was one of those times where I felt like Gato didn't know he wasn't on camera. So there's a point where he kind of like totally telegraphs that he's going to hit him with the chair, um, you know, where it could have been like a bigger moment, you know, because mm-hmm. that's the one thing like when the WWE books their matches, like especially a bigger match, like a main event match, they actually have a meeting with the production team to let them know where those big moments are so they don't miss those shots, you know. And obviously they've got a fucking crew of hundred yes. cameramen. But they make sure that they're in the right position to get those shots. Um, you know, that's something that they might want to look into if they're do this angle. Because it was like, I was like, okay, well, he's totally... And if you've watched wrestling, you know when it's going to happen. But this was totally one of those moments where like... Uh, at least have uh, one person in the room with them that knows how the matches are going to yeah, proceed. Yeah, yeah, so they know to, where to position the camera and when to keep him off camera, when to, you know, get him on camera. So, um, but yeah, it was still a good moment regardless. So, and then this weekend we've got a pretty big event. Um, yes, we have Fighting Spirit Unleashed. Yes, yes. Um Unfortunately, I'm hearing that the tickets aren't like selling as well as they thought they would. And I feel like part of the reason is because they didn't really announce the card until mm-hmm. last minute. I'm sure it's also like an all in like kind of hangover too. a lot of people travel to see all in. So like, are you going to turn around and pay for, you know, air flight and everything yeah. like that, like a month later, you know, for another event. So, um, you know, but it is... <sighs> You know, looking at the card, and they announced the full card. I mean, we've got... The matches that stand out for me is, you know, we've got Okada and Ishii versus the Golden Lovers, which I'm sure is going to be a barn mm-hmm. burner. Um, but there isn't tons there, like, I feel like heat-wise between the two teams. I, I feel like the Ishii-Omega feud is over with at this point. So I thought that was kind of interesting that that's, like, kind of at the top of the card. It almost feels very, like, house show-ish to me um uh cody rhodes and juice robinson um which i feel like is going to be a solid match um that's on the card and that's for the united states um championship okay um and then because we saw that happen at the g1 where he cody after Mm. uh tag match challenged juice for that belt so that's cool and it'd be nice to see like you know cody because i'm sure he'll have the nwa title with him too on top of that so i think it'll be kind of cool to see do you would you put the United States title on Cody? I mean, would I personally? Yes. Would I? Do you think they would do that? It depends on how far they want to go with Juice Robinson having that title. Mm -hmm. And if they have any plans for him otherwise. Yeah. Because, I mean, they they love Juice. They do. Everyone loves Juice out there. Um, He needs to be on being the elite more. But, uh... Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's, he's so fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it'd be—I'd like to see Cody walking around with the NWA title and the US. Um, I, I think that'd be awesome to see. That'd be amazing. Like but yeah. at the same time, I don't know if New Japan is ready for him to be a title holder. They—I mean, they—they've been pushing though. The, the the matches that they put him in are pretty fucking big. You know, the fact that you know he went over on Ibushi—that's huge. So, um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But I do feel like they're all in on fucking, uh, on juice right now. No pun intended. So, 
Uh, we also have Gorillas of Destiny versus the Young Bucks. Um, that's for the titles also. So I'm I'm definitely excited to see that match. Um, you know, I know they're going to put on a great, you know, a great match. But yeah, I just, I don't know exactly where the whole angle is with, you know, the firing squad, if you will, and the Bullet Club at this point. So that felt, that feels like it's lost steam a little. You know, I know eventually somewhere down the line, I think, Tama Tonga is supposed to get a title shot against Kenny Omega. And I thought it was going to be on this card, but apparently they decided against that. Because hmm. that was the big rumor, at least, going around. So, um, Well, they still need to show more action between the two groups. Mm-hmm. It's been, it's slowed down to a yes. halt. Yes. Yeah, with destruction. And I still think that they missed an opportunity for All In to have at least one spot with them. Well, Tama was supposed to be, he was there. So there was like he was. It feels like he was supposed to be part of it somehow, and he teased it himself on Twitter. But then I don't know if it was a time thing, but it seemed like it got cut for some reason. So I'm not sure exactly what was supposed to happen. But uh, we this is probably the match I'm probably most excited about is Osprey versus uh, Marty. So uh, against uh, you know because they can go every time they have a match. It's gold. This so. is actually uh, IWGP. Uh, junior heavyweight championship tournament semifinal match. Okay, so that's a mouthful. <laughs> junior heavyweight uh, tournament match. Yes. So, but yeah, that that should be quite a fucking match because we've seen them put on a fucking show in the past. So, but everything else is kind of just like you know those tag matches that they always do every show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be entertaining, but you know, I don't know. I don't know. I just. I wish they were booking bigger matches for the States, you know, mm. and that's just me being selfish, but it's more me wanting them to get over here, you know, where, you know, they're selling out these shows more so they can make a bigger splash stateside. Mm. Um, you know, I don't know. It just feels like it's a, a, it's a missed opportunity, you know, in my eyes. So. I mean, you just, you see shows like all in being so successful and it's, it's such a disappointment to see, this having kind of that house card feel for New Japan, and then of course not selling out that arena. Yeah, yeah. Especially um, when it's a smaller one, right? It's not. No, I don't think it's. Yeah, I don't think it's a big one. Yeah, I think it's smaller. I don't, I'm not quite sure where it's at, but it wasn't one that was like, oh my god, this is a, it'd be a mm. huge feat for them to you know sell out or anything like that. Um, no, especially yeah, since they did sell out Madison Square Garden mm. after you know, uh, yeah, well, and then I guess that them and ROH. And WrestleMania weekend, so that's a pretty easy <laughs> sell. <laughs> but I mean, that's a big, big statement. Mm. So you would think that they would capitalize more on that. I understand storyline wise, it's hard to book this, you know, in advance, you know, because you don't want to spoil anything that happens with destruction. Um, I feel like that's kind of what happened with the WWE and you know the Australia Super Show and everything and the Crown Jewel show that mm. they're doing in Saudi Arabia. I feel like that kind of like took away from Hell in the Cell, but at the same time, you want to put your best foot forward, you know. So I don't know. Well, Missed and that's what's about to happen with the Women's Evolution uh, pay per view. Yeah, and nothing, nothing was booked on Raw or SmackDown, really, for that. Which there was, like, heavy rumors all over the place that they were going to be... Yeah, like, at least starting. Because Paige actually tweeted Mm. something this weekend, like, they were making an announcement, or she teased an announcement. And then people were speculating over Dakota Kai was in the area, and she has a tag partner right now, so they were like, oh, 
tag mm. team title is going to be coming out, you know, but, um, still... which feels like that would be the best opportunity to do that. You know, it would mean a lot for that division. You have a three hour show. You can, you can develop, if you have this many pay-per-views going on, you can develop one. Yes. yes. Develop more than just one going on. Yes. They, they really, I felt like they barely even mentioned, you know, the, evolution pay-per-view and that's going to hurt evolution no it is and that's also struggling ticket sale wise Mm -hmm. so i don't know it's weird it's weird (laughs) what's going on right now with all these shows so yeah we're uh we're closing out the year for new japan we're getting closer and closer to january which means we're gonna be hitting wrestle kingdom do you think tanahashi will hold on to his contract all the way to wrestle kingdom well that's another aspect of the angle that they shot this weekend um that we didn't talk about was the fact that Switchblade was definitely holding up the case mm-hmm. um, from Tanahashi. And the announcers mentioned the fact that he was he defeated both of them at the G1. So he's the only one to do so. So I definitely feel like he, Tanahashi's definitely going to be defending that against Jay White. Um, I still feel like they're going full steam ahead with Tanahashi versus yeah. Omega. Um, Omega's been talking mad shit online <laughs> in interviews. Um, uh Basically saying that Tanahashi is a WWE style wrestler and it's an embarrassment to have him as the ace and, you know, he plays it safe and, I mean, talking mad shit. Um, So it definitely feels like Omega's trying to gather up some heat um, for this match because for me, they're just, I wasn't very interested in Mm. this. Um, you know, Tanahashi's a great worker, don't get me wrong, but I'm just, I find his character, like, bland um, in the ring. Um, so, I... Uh, I it just feels like they're, like, rounding up, like, last stories that he's been part of, like, stories between him and Okada. Now he's got his one over Okada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he lost to Tanahashi, I think, uh, Wrestle Kingdom, correct? Was oh. that last year? Did he lose? Did he lose, or did he win that match? Who? Tanahashi versus... Um, Jay White? Yeah. Uh, Tanahashi beat Jay White. He did beat Jay White. Yeah, he did beat Jay but he lost to him in uh, G1. I guess, so. I guess you could consider that he's beating all the opponents that took care of him. Yes, uh, yes. So, you know, so he's going in as, you know, whole as possible into Wrestle Kingdom. And to hopefully lose. I don't know, man. I know. Right now, it, it feels like he could go all the way. And yes. That scares the hell out of me. <laughs> There's some hardcore like New Japan fans who are all on board with Tanahashi. Like, I mean, he's a great worker. Don't get me wrong. He just doesn't do anything for me in the mm. ring. But he does put together a hell of a match. Um, so, but yeah, I, I guess that's going to do it for this week. Before we head out, here's some podcasts that we think you should listen to. Weird Science DC Comics. Weird Science DC Comics is a site, podcast, that has reviews, previews, articles about DC Comics. Go ahead and check them out on Podbean. I know they're on iTunes and every other platform that you could possibly yes. listen to a podcast on. Uh, next up is Regular Stories Podcast, a podcast about regular people and their stories. Everyday people who have led interesting lives and have stories to share. And they're part of our network, the DCP Network, Drama City Productions. Woo Represent. Uh, <laughs> Oh man! Uh, next is it's very late. Yes, we it are tired. Very as late. Usual. I mean, this yes, kind this of is our thing, our gimmick now. <laughs> <laughs> We're the late night guys. 
uh, who just want to go to bed. Uh, two guys in a game. Our buddies over at Two Guys in a Game. Uh, we're two guys, Hotter and Kaz, talking games from what we're playing, news, top tens, reviews, and more. We've got something for every gamer, um, and they're part of the Podbeard Network. Go ahead and check them out. Yes, great guys. And don't forget to go ahead, if you're in the Chicagoland area, check out Lost Souls Haunted Bus Tour. Uh, If you're looking for an awesome way to spend a Halloween weekend, this is the site for you. Go ahead, buy yourself some tickets. Three awesome haunted houses. Cash Um, bar on the bus. On the bus with entertainment. Uh, And don't forget that promo code. Exactly. Nerd show. That's right. You get $10 off. That's N-E-R-D-S-H-O-W. You're welcome. Exactly. (laughs) From us. So that's going to do it, Yes, that's going to do it for today. Um, We have a lot of platforms that we are on. And I'm going to try my hardest to read them all. okay? Okay. Because we're on Podbean, Stitcher, Spreaker, um, Spotify, Google Play. There's a spider on your wall. Um, it's my pet. iTunes. iTunes. Very important iTunes. Yes. Um, I think I'm pretty close. Yeah. iHeartRadio? iHeartRadio. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's more, too. There's more. Player FM. I said player. Oh, did you? Okay. I got that. Good for you. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Bravo. Um, But yes, if you Google us, you can find us. You'll find us. Trust me. We're everywhere. Uh, So make sure you subscribe, rate, and review us. Exactly. It's a big help to this podcast. Support the podcast Mm. if you enjoy it. If not, go screw. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Why are you listening? So uh, also... um, big support to us is our house band them guilty aces you're hearing their music right now right now check them out on itunes download their stuff mm. if you're in the chicagoland area also go ahead check out a show they're always playing every freaking weekend <laughs> trust me um and then um big shout out to our house dj you yes. heard at the top of the show and you hear on my twitch channel every single time that's twitch. right and check him out on twitch with yes. greg brebner uh, follow him on SoundCloud and also follow him on Instagram. Yes, uh, we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Uh, we, my God, we're fucking social media heavy. Yes. We love making social media whores. That's <laughs> <laughs> a better term. Yes, we are everywhere and it's exhausting. But <laughs> <laughs> we're a worthy follow. Yes. So please give us a follow. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for this week. Yes, my name's Christian. And I'm tired. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm Damon, and yes. uh, this was the Amazing Nerd Yes. This has been a Drama City production. <laughs>